Previously on Lonely Boys. I don't understand. How did you end up in a kiss in the first place? Any kiss. We were both alone over Christmas break. And we ran into each other at the movies. And then it kept happening after the break. Only we started making plans to meet. Even worse, enjoying it. But you guys are my two closest friends. Why couldn't you just tell me that? I was just hoping it would go away. I was humiliated. Which is why we kissed, because we were humiliated. (laughs) (laughs) To make sure nothing else was going on to complicate us or hurt you. And? Uh, Biggest regret of my life. I mean, that's a little bit of an overstatement, but yeah, it it was not a good kiss. So you guys have been lying to me and sneaking around for months so you could hang out as friends? Exactly. Friends. Yeah, I swear, just friends. Well, I'm really glad you two found each other because you sure lost me. Well, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Upper East Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys podcast. My name is Matt. I am one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to break down season four, episode 20 of this super long season uh, titled The Princesses and the Frog. I'm not here by myself. I am here who, with someone who uh, actually won Nicole over by by reading how to go from best friend to boyfriend. It's Brendan <laughs> Ruppel. Hello. I'm your co-host, of course, the creepy uncle of podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi to the Little Cream Nation. I'm recording live episodes from the Creamatorium. I'm your editor-in-chief here at Cream Weekly. Dr. Officer Cream reporting for duty. Cream, yes, Cream. Uh, hey, big bro. And then... <laughs> oh, hey, big bro. <laughs> I would forget about that if you didn't, if you didn't bring that up. So I'm happy you, it's ticking. <laughs> you keep doing people it. People love it. <laughs> Brendan, would you believe that uh, it's not just the two of us? We have yet another guest this week. Uh, yeah, I, I believe it. We were just chatting to him for five, ten minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You're, you're shattering the illusion of the podcast <laughs> that we don't speak until until the record button goes on. We should start need that. To know about the, they don't need to know about the pre-show banter. Uh, well, maybe we should start recording the pre-show banter. We get all that all that fun and, stuff about the uh, do we clap, do we not clap. That's what some of, some of the people's favorite stuff. <laughs> some of the best stuff. I think you know how some people like uh, famously uh, fan of fan of the introductions. Jimmy only listens to the introductions. I think there would be some people who just listen to uh, to our, us debating whether we clap or don't clap. <laughs> I agree. I also I forget like I think Jimmy, from what we understand, only likes the intro. Like doesn't listen to the banter. Even he's, he's more no, of an intro. Just guy. the introduction. Not a banter. Just the introductions. He lo- he loves your <laughs> uh, uncle Cree. Hit your Uncle Cream shit. He loves that stuff. He likes to see which times I stumble over the words more than others. Right, yeah. Which but, times you're too embarrassed so to say So he's probably excited, guest. like, today and last week, because we added the big bro stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's probably... probably I haven't heard from him, but, yeah, he's probably really excited. Um, <laughs> Brendan, let, let's... Bebop is shaking his head at me. Let's let's, right. bring, let's bring in our guest. You were very impressed that I was able, able to oh, book yeah. this guest. Biggest get uh, Now... The beginning of season four was Lindenhurst month, and famously, half of our Lindenhurst guests uh, dropped out. Mm-hmm. But we have another local Lindenhurst legend here, uh, someone who's no longer living in Lindenhurst, and actually about about to Detestable about to place. move again himself. Yeah, he he can't stay in one place uh, very long. This guy. So let's let's welcome to the podcast for the very first time, a, a first timer here at the crematorium. It's Kevin Irving. Kevin, thank you, Hello. thank you for dropping by. How are you? Hey, hey guys, I'm great. You I'm know it. Uh, <clears throat> Bring the tear to my eye that Lindenhurst would, would fail you guys. So I'm happy to be here, <laughs> carry the flag, and uh, do this podcast with you. Yeah, I get nervous anytime I, I invite a, uh, a high school friend onto the podcast just because I've been burned so many times here with everyone uh, everyone <laughs> canceling last minute. It's tough. It's tough out there. 
Yeah, I mean, I believe it. A lot, a lot of flakes from high school. Yeah, a lot so, of, yeah, a lot of shifty characters. Yep. Don't want to. Yeah, add. I have to be, you know, steadfast in my commitments, and so I'm happy to be here. You know, I've been a fan of Gossip Girl for you know, 11 years now, and you know, I'm happy to chop it up with you guys. Great, and uh, yeah, thank you. I know you were busy today. You're you're famously moving, and you still were able to make time for us. <laughs> yeah, today today I moved to Rhode Island, Newport, and. Wow. Uh, Got everything set up here. Tomorrow, the movers come and bring my, my real stuff into here. And uh, so I'm on the floor of my air mattress next to me in the what would be the bedroom. And, so are, you know, I cleared you, out my schedule. You know, I, I could unpack, but I said, let me watch this episode three or four times so I can really oh, you know, wow. sink my teeth into oh, the shit. meat. More time meat tonight. Meat this bad boy. We just so start getting you, our guests to, like, uh, give a breakdown of their setting and their surroundings around them. I think it's nice to paint a picture. <laughs> So you're you're podcasting from the new place. Is this the first thing you've you've ever done in, in your in your <laughs> new place? I mean, you know, I you know, I, I ate, went to the bathroom, unpacked. I wouldn't say it's the first thing I've done. I it's would like say it's you know thing, top, top ten. Yeah, yeah, top ten. Yeah, maybe. this is crazy. Already, yeah, this one of our more again, one of, one your, of our more descriptive yeah. guests so far. <laughs> <laughs> one of your earliest memories of your new place this is very very exciting. Um, so yeah, this will be burned in my memory forever. <laughs> so when you will, move out of this place, we have to podcast again. Just so you know. Yes. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Of course, day, just to bookend it. Yeah. First day, last day. Um, so I will ask you uh, what I ask all of our first-time guests, and that is uh, just what is your what is your Gossip Girl story? Uh, you say you've been a fan for, for 11 years. Did you watch it when it was on? Did you binge it when it was over? H- have you rewatched it? Uh, you know, are, are you a diehard fan? Just just your, your history with the show, if you will. Yeah, so, you know, it all started on a rainy day in, uh, in college after my sophomore year. I was with my roommate Nicole, and we made a pack together. She really wanted to watch Gossip Girl on Netflix, and I really wanted to watch Breaking Bad. We did one for one, back and forth, and then, you know, wouldn't you know it that uh, we just started doing Gossip Girl straight through, because, you know, who can resist <laughs> the free side drama? This, uh, you know, will they, won't they? This you know, three, four, five person love, you know, polygon, polygon <laughs> Everyone, Everyone's in love with Blair. Yeah, so, Blair yeah so we watched it on Netflix, you know, over the summer, and now I haven't seen it since then. This is the first episode I watched since then, so that dropped me into a lot of uh, a whirlwind of of triangles and betrayals and uh, intrigue. Oh yes, well, well, welcome back to the fold. I think recently we determined that Gossip Girl is better than Succession, and now I think we can, based on this anecdotal well, yeah, evidence, I, I think we, that. I think well, <laughs> I, we already already determined. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I think we, I think with this anecdotal evidence, we can uh, confirm that Gossip Girl is now better than Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll get behind that. I disagree with that. So I get well, both both scenarios are two out of three. So I guess I lose yeah. this one. Well, I fa- I famously watched the first half of the first episode of Breaking Bad and said uh, this isn't. I mean, for so me. you really you gave it again. your all, obviously. Obviously, gave it my all. I really tried. One half of an episode was uh, was enough for me to determine. Um, Kevin, in your eleven years of fandom, have you do you have a a favorite or least favorite character of the show? Oh man, I think when I first watched it, being you know. 19, 20 years old, I was in love with Serena because she's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, least favorite? Oh, man, Blair's pretty awful. Oh, no. I think. And this, episode oh, really, boo. this episode really brought that in the forefront for me. I was like, God, I cannot stand this character. But you know, uh, a small character that I was really impressed with this episode was Dorota. I was oh, like, wow, yeah. she yeah. really is uh, cooking in this episode. 
All right, maybe okay. saving yourself. I think a lot of people are probably <laughs> mad at you for hating Blair. She's a very popular character, but I think staying true with the even with even with Kevin, Dorota still has a hundred percent approval rating yeah. among everyone. Dorota is great. Uh, can't wait to to get into what turned you off for Blair so much. Maybe I mean we're probably just so used to who Blair is as a person that anything negative she may have done, just yeah. like we we just you know it just are enjoying we just it. see it and we're like, yep, that's our yeah, <laughs> that enjoy it. Is. That's our Blair. But I mean. Certainly in her war against Serena in this episode, I was definitely uh, oh, yeah. Team Blair and Team Blair. and against Serena. You know, Brendan was like you, Kevin, oh, back in the God. day. Brendan started this this show, and he he was a, a big Serena <laughs> boy, and it didn't take long for him to be turned over to, to the dark side, which is, I guess, the Blair side. Yeah. I, I, is, uh, I started in the same thing. Just like Serena's like, <laughs> just be, you know what Blake Lively looks like, and you get to see her much younger, yeah. which is what we all want. <laughs> <laughs> Not too uh, young, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I think I think Blair didn't really do it for me because she was just not as pretty as Serena in the beginning, and now she's blossomed into the, the beautiful one she is now. And Serena mm. just overall sucks, and it like is annoying enough where I don't <laughs> think she's that hot anymore. Yeah, as we make all our base all our decisions on who, who we are finding hotter mm. at that at that particular time. Um, at that time. Well. I guess let's uh, let's get into the episode here. Uh, this is the princesses and the frog. A jealous Serena attempts to use information from Blair's past to threaten her newfound happiness with Prince Louis, whose parents disapprove of Blair. After discovering a shocking secret, Nate is torn between his relationship with Reina and his friendship with Chuck, and a questionable friendship arises between Serena and Vanessa. I must have missed that part of the episode. I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> Serena and Vanessa because I think the I think the uh, yeah, wiki summary happen. is ma- is making things up unless they're accidentally spoiling next episode or something or took the wrong thing but i don't want that to happen yeah i hope not brendan it is your time to shine here (laughs) you are now 11 for 19 on the season of getting the the title references you've been on a roll what is this title referencing the episode title is the princesses and the frog this is the princess and the labrador all right brendan is that your final answer uh, a princess and the frog Please, please, please okay. don't punish you're, me. You're being, a jo- you're being a jokester again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, the episode title is based off of the 2009 movie, The Princess and the Frog. Brendan, you have uh, two in a row now again, I guess, I think. And it's huge news because you've clinched over 500. You did not <laughs> buckle under the pressure this season. Uh, you did not get the last three in a row wrong like you did last season. You are now 12 for 20, and there's no chance of you falling below 500 oh. this season. Let me see if I know which button is the clap button. Let's see. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Everyone is <laughs> Everyone is yucking it up at you. Uh... <laughs> I think they're laughing about last season still. <laughs> Congratulations, Brendan. This is uh Thank you. Thank you very stuff. much. It's really impressive. Yeah, we're all very proud of you. You started 0 for 5. We never saw this coming. You know, I I'm, I'm uh please reach out and uh congratulate me, everybody. Yeah, personally, yes. <laughs> one by one. Uh, Let's get into it. We start with Blair on the phone. She's calling her mom because she has some news, and she is looking at a ring on her finger. So already we see that Blair is getting married, apparently, and uh, and we flash back to yesterday morning. So we are going back in time yet again. Gossip Girl's new favorite trick is starting a good trick. in the middle of the episode and then going back to the beginning. As uh, I guess it worked on you again, Brendan. I think this one was less stupid than the other one where Lily was going to yeah, talk true. to the lawyers. Uh, but they also don't, they don't show Blair's entire hand, so you don't know. You assume it's a ring, uh, but you, mm-hmm. you don't. They don't show like the engagement ring itself, so you you still have some wonder. 
and you don't know who who may have proposed. It, but you, but you know probably what like well I guess Louis proposed to her. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty <laughs> good obvious. Good guess. Good guess. <laughs> so. Chuck is also on the phone with uh, his mother figure as well, Andrew Tyler. Uh, he tells Andrew Tyler that the, the video was circumstantial at best and that his dad was not a cold-blooded murderer. Uh, wish we could have seen this video so we could make a decision for ourselves, but as of right now, it's just uh, no proof that the fire was intentional, and uh, Chuck just wants to drop it. So Andrew Tyler just, he watched it himself and then relayed the message verbally? Back to Andrew Tyler? I, yeah, I, I guess. I he don't gave know. Chuck the, uh, the audio last episode, but the video he can't see. He just got to no, stick my word No, I think Chuck, Chuck watched the video oh, and okay. is now telling Andrew that there's no, there's no evidence. Like there, it's not, it's not. He, they, it can't be proven that his dad caused the fire and that he wants him to drop it. I think something like that. Okay. Um, do you remember this this plot at all, Kevin? Uh, Chuck, Chuck's dad, perhaps, uh, back when he was alive, uh, may have killed people in in a fire in his own building. I mean. I definitely remember that his father is quite a nefarious and underhanded character. I don't know if I remember mur- like a arson fire murder. I do, but <laughs> murder does strike me as something that is you know, uh, on the mind when I think about Chuck's father. Yeah, definitely not um, too unbelievable with, yeah. with uh, this character. Even though Chuck is always no. uh, obsessed with preserving his legacy, even though, even though he was a terrible person. Yeah, it, uh, what, what's his father's name as well? Do you, is Bart, that uh, Bart Bart, yeah, what an awful name as well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what if I'm spoiling anything or I don't want to try to spoil it, but like, yeah, I just remember it being him being very uh, not not a good, not a nice guy, a real jerk, as some would yeah. say. Oh yeah, I, I yeah he's, he's dead. Now. We've we've really seen. Yeah, he's dead now. So we've seen a lot. Of, we've seen, I guess, all of what of what he was capable of back in the day. But um, Blair and Louie are being cute in her room. They're disgusting. Disgusting. They're being disgusting, but they are disgusting. <laughs> <Being> filthy naughty. <laughs> what, what's better between New York City and Paris? Uh, the Met or the Louvre? Uh, I don't know if we have any opinions. On yeah, this this here. really irked me the wrong way. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta stand up in here. Met the Met is a fine museum. It's fantastic, um, but the Louvre is much better. And you know, this is clearly just Louis trying to ingratiate himself into New York upper <laughs> upper East Side society. It reeks of just. You know, suck up ish and, and kiss an ass yeah. and that. That's right. I, I don't like it one bit. One bit. I mean, Blair doesn't really believe. I was hope. Yeah, I was hoping you'd yeah. have an opinion on that Brendan. What, what do you like better, the Met or the Louvre? The Louvre is uh, the bathroom, correct? <laughs> yes. The, yeah. yeah, definitely like the Louvre. Yeah, that's right. That's what yeah. they're. That's what they're arguing. And, and the Met is. Well, Nate's going to have some opinion on the Met <laughs> a little later. Nate. <laughs> Too many opinions on the Met. Yeah, so Blair was always talking about the Met with me, and I was always telling her the bullpen. We really just. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as amazing as last night was, Louis has to leave and talk to the ambassador, even though Blair doesn't really want him to go. Last week, we discussed whether Blair would have any chemistry with this man, or even if she even liked him like as much as her previous. Uh, you know, flings in Dan or and Chuck. Mm-hmm. This week, she's doing a good job, at least, of pretending that she likes him. At the very yeah. least, I mean, I, we, I guess if you, to if be you determined if she actually does. Want to prove to an audience that someone likes someone, just like have them locked in a room for twenty four hours having sex. <laughs> That's generally we've how seen it, works, it with Nate yeah. before. Like, oh, we we've been fucking for twenty four hours. Should we go somewhere else? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a direct quote from the, from the show. <laughs> I mean, you'd think with with Lily under house arrest, that's what Rufus and Lily would be doing. But Rufus can't can't wait to get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> He's bone dry. <laughs> <laughs> so that that should be our first indicator that maybe he's not that happy with Lily. 
Um, yeah, that's sad for him. I'm, I, I, you know, I guess he did, he just can't handle all of that woman, and I bet yeah, I can. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's embarrassing for him. You hear that? Write him into the show, Gossip Girl writers. <laughs> right? <laughs> Years after the fact, write Brendan Ruppel into this show, please. <laughs> so I, I wanted to Claire mention is... too. I I saw recently that Kelly Rutherford is on cameo. So if if we can rally the troops out there to uh, oh, wow. buy us mainly me a hundred dollar Kelly Rutherford cameo, please, <laughs> can you guys please work on that? I love I love uh, that as a gift. <laughs> Before we okay, I mean, your birthday did recently pass, so and I didn't uh, get anything either as listeners. a belated gift or maybe we just wait for Christmas. But yeah, uh, that would be a. I'll keep, I'll keep reminding everybody I, yeah, every week. <laughs> every week, um, Blair is like moaning that he has to leave for a few hours, and Louis assures her that they can spend the rest of the day together. Uh, he just has some big news that he wants to talk to her about. Doreen is also here. Uh, Blair tells her she thought that uh, she was sleeping at her mother's house, and. We, I know Kevin is Team Serena, but we may not be Team Serena, me and you, Brendan, but I, I gotta say, she does have a very funny response to this, where she says, I did, and as it's two o'clock, I started my day several hours ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, Louis has to go, so Blair, like, dramatically kisses him before he leaves, and uh, Serena is trying to, or so it seems, bury the hatchet and tell Blair, this has gotten out of hand, come on, what? Well, why don't I be the mature one and admit that I may have overreacted about you and Dan, which is nice, but also would be way more mature if she didn't point out how mature she was being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Serena supposedly wants to put all this behind us, and Blair is very excited to do so because she has so much to talk to Serena about. Um, I, I did not know at the, I did not remember that Serena was uh, was pretty much just lying to Blair here, and I was like. What is going on here? They set up this whole Blair versus Serena war last week just yeah. just to end it in the first scene. Of the I, I was surprised too that she, she just gave it all up, and I was like, you know what? I don't care because I don't, I'm bored by them uh, fighting. So let's just move past it. And then oh, that was worry, just Brendan. the start of it. Yeah, did not move past it. <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, we we will figure out what what's going on with her. But um, Blair and Louis are. She Blair's talking about how they share all their dreams and plans for the future. They're going to run their respective kingdoms. Uh, it sounds like Blair uh, is getting everything she ever wanted here. And Dorota comes in and thinks and is worried that they're moving too fast. But Blair tells her that everyone knows that with princes, everything escalates quickly. It's genetic. I, I was unaware of the escalating quickly gene and that it's and that I guess it's in princes. But uh, it's, Blair seems not too concerned about any of this. So uh, after all, Prince Charming knew he loved Cinderella once he saw her tiny feet. And so, <laughs> Serena, Serena asks, what about Louis' parents? How do they feel about him dating American? Uh, and Blair is sure that Louis' parents uh, are not going to be a fan of her, but she's like, listen, they're in Botswana. They won't be back for two weeks. In that time, I will have more than enough time to win over the hearts of the European commoners. Uh, so <laughs> that, that, is, that is her plan. And uh, unfortunately, Princess Sophia, or whoever she is, is, is going to be home a lot quicker than Serena thought. Hey, can you refresh my memory? So this episode, how long have Louis and Blair been an item? Uh, one what? episode, I guess. So they, okay. they met in the beginning of the season when she's in Paris for a couple of episodes. And then it's okay. like, okay, well, I'm going back to New York. But if you're ever in the area. And then like two weeks ago in the last scene, we see Louis get out of a limo. And then last week uh, they had a secret affair that quickly went public by the end of the episode. And now we're at this week. So it's really been only one full episode uh, before this and now they are uh, already gonna get married i guess so i think he's yeah, trying to say that he's on to side that she is moving too fast it's only one it's only oh, yeah. episode. I mean, yeah I, I think my my anger with blair starts for this episode at this point because it's like what world do you live in like that you're just gonna marry this prince and there's gonna be no issues well, like, Blair's just delusional yeah i mean that i mean that's like really the problem i have within this episode i i can't i 
I just can't hate her for being delusional. She's just she's just Blair. She's just, <laughs> even if she is delusional, she'll be very charming while she's being while she's being delusional. And so Dan now shows up to the penthouse. He greets Rufus with I think the worst British accent I've ever heard. For for someone who is such a gifted actor like Penn Badgley, his line reading of Well Hello Jeeves made me wonder how he didn't get like immediately fired. I, I rewound it and listened to it several times. That was even I didn't realize that was supposed to be a, an English accent. I thought that was just What was it supposed to be? I, it, it sounded well, hello, just Jeeves. <laughs> I don't know. Australian. <laughs> but I guess Jeeves is a famous Australian trying. name. <laughs> yes, Jeeves the famous Australian. Uh, I, what was Rufus even dressed as that that Dan felt the need to <laughs> yeah. say that? Uh, I think it's just like a funny a funny family inside joke that they have where they Well, cuz yeah, Rufus tells Dan that he and Lily are watching uh, Downton Abbey and Dan is happy she's enjoying her house arrest. I guess Lily's so into Downton Abbey that she doesn't come out of her room all episode. <laughs> she's she's absolutely loving it. <laughs> she she we don't see her at all. In I, mean, I hope we see her next week and she's got an English accent. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be much it's like better. Like those kids that grow up on Peppa Pig and they speak with English accents, even though they're from America. <laughs> Do you know a lot of? Is that who you're hanging out I, with? Yeah, right? well, they told me about it at recess. <laughs> so, Rufus tells Dan that no matter how much two people love each other, they should never spend twenty four seven together. Rufus basically saying, "I'm fucking sick of my wife right now. I gotta, I gotta get out of the house." And so. Rufus tells Dan that the guy from his old label was wondering if Rufus would want to produce a record for a new indie band. And why does he think that Rufus is the man for the job? As far as I know, Rufus has no experience producing. He has no experience doing anything besides being a house husband yeah. for the past few years. Yeah. Hey, Rufus, now that you're like a billionaire, do you want to come work on this record for us? Yeah. I get me. Yeah. Maybe they're just uh, using him for his money. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I guess we're supposed to assume that he has more talents than we think. Just because he likes music yeah, so much. I think he mentions that there's like records on the wall and stuff after he after like the dinner goes kind of sideways. Oh, you know what? I, I have to apologize for for ripping on Rufus. This this will happen throughout the episode. We will make fun of Rufus. But Kevin, I believe the last time when I brought up this podcast to you, I believe you told me that Rufus was your favorite character, or if not a, a character that that uh, that you that you enjoyed. Because I remember being surprised by by oh, what, Rufus, whatever Rufus it was. Rufus is great, man. He's he's just <laughs> rocking out. He has this like amazing apartment in uh, I think he lives in like Williamsburg, right? He does before he uh, somewhere marries, over there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Before he marries Lily and. I mean, this dude is living the fucking life. He, I don't even know what he does. He's not making music. Is he making music? Does he produce? Does he not produce? He just, he's, he's done nothing. He's done nothing yeah. since he married Lily. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I mean, he's living the house husband dream. I mean, this is this is equality in 2010. You know? Yes. This this era of Rufus is much better than the previous yeah. era, and I will say that they when they utilize him as someone who just has nothing to do and is just making chili for his wife, then I, I do appreciate it. But. I, <laughs> I remember being like the the anti Blair mixed in with the pro Rufus. It was enough to uh, to to drive me crazy. You know, I think that's probably why he's he hates hanging out with Lily so much right now because all he's been feeding her is chili. So the two of them stuck in the same room watching Downton Abbey with her just blasting the sheets up and down. I would be I'd be kind of annoyed too. But it's his fault. It was, it's a problem. I think he's like dumping him, like just like hey Rufus, look on the covers. Yeah. <laughs> Rufus. <laughs> So Dan thinks that sounds amazing. Uh, Rufus misses the music industry. He's going to meet up with the reps in a half hour. Uh, so he lets Dan easy about not being able to hang out with him today. But Dan's like, oh, no, I'm actually here to pick up Charlie. And Rufus is like, oh, you oh. guys have been uh, spending a lot of time together. And Dan says they're just friends. And Rufus is like, well, be careful anyway. Be careful of what? I, I guess we find that out that he doesn't fair. want 
doesn't want Charlie to have feelings for Dan, but like, what what is he being so protective over? Yeah, I guess he knows his son so well that he knows like Dan. I know you don't like that girl, so if she takes a liking <laughs> to you, just be careful. Us Humphrey boys are a, a big catch here, so obviously she <laughs> she's going to be obsessed with you. So just uh, be careful of her. I mean, he's right. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> Proven right. Duck is drinking. Uh, Nate points out that it's four o'clock and asks why he's still in his robe. He, he wants Chuck to talk about Blair dating a prince, but Chuck's like, oh, I wish my problems were so simple. And <laughs> Nate asks if there's any proof about what tr- what Russell said, and Chuck says there's nothing concrete. And Nate's like, oh, good. That's better than the opposite, right? Because I, I think Nate actually does not know. He, he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know which right? would be good news. He's like, what what side are we on? Who do, who do you want to be right in this situation? Are you with your dad or are you against your dad? I, I, I can't I keep track. <laughs> I, I can't stand any, well, I, can, I, can't, I can't take any thing that goes on in Chuck's hotel seriously this entire episode with the stupid, like, detective style camera angles that are going on. <laughs> yeah, like, the wet bar behind him is awful. I'm like, what is I, like... <laughs> It happens even when, like, when, when anyone from, like, the, out, the outside of this plot comes into this room, they get shoved into these shitty camera angles, too. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching two different shows this episode. That is true. It does the the tone. It's just so abrupt. Whenever we we switch back to this storyline, it's just, it's it's very um, it it's like it's like I can't even think of the word for it. But it, it like takes me out of. It's like, are we still watching Gossip Girl? Yeah, it's like later on. It, it was to a point where that big Chuck Blair jarring. scene. It was jarring. It, I was, I I was laughing. I was, I was just jarring. laughing. It was, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. So, um, Chuck. Well, Nate tells Chuck that Raina has decided to continue looking for her mother. And, uh, you know, the longer Nate lets this go on, the stupider Raina is going to feel when she finds out. I'm glad he finally lets her in on the fact that the mother that she's looking for is dead and she's the only one that doesn't know by the, by the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> and even in this scene, it's like, come on, it's important to her. Like, Nate, have you not been paying attention? Her mom might be dead. Stop, stop this. <laughs> Let's go check. And, Come on, what's the worst that can happen? Just let her find her mom. And so <laughs> Nate tells Chuck uh, he'll try and then tells him not to worry because Blair's not, he's like, don't worry. But he still thinks that Chuck is uh, hung up on Blair, which he, which he is. And he's yeah, like, he listen, she, she's not going to end up with this guy. We all know it. I, I feel like Nate is uh, talking directly to all the Blair and Chuck shippers and all the Blair and Dan shippers out there who are like pissed that Louie is here. He's like, yeah. don't worry, everyone. We, we know Blair and Louie are not endgame. I, <laughs> he I think did. he like looks directly at the camera and winks when he says it. Too. It was crazy that he said that so matter of factly, like. Oh, like, but for what reason? Why? Why are they not Endgame? I don't understand. We all know they're. We all know they're not Endgame. <laughs> don't, don't worry, do don't worry right, viewers. Dave. Don't tune out. Don't tune out. She'll be back. It's, it's also fine. insane that we're still following Reyna. Like after all this time. I mean, it hasn't been that long since we left her, her dad behind. But it's strange to have her as like a main plot piece. I don't. I don't know why. I, I'm you're kind saying, of off on her already. I'm, I don't really care. You're wish her, you wish her dad was still here. I wish. I wish that Bart Bass killed Reyna. <laughs> I wish, I wish she went down with her mother in the fire. Mother holding baby. Okay, thank, <laughs> thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> um, Charlie and Dan now. Charlie, th- and I will, I, I know famously my pet peeve is anytime anyone mentions their notes, but I will say that oh, anytime go. writing Charlie down in my notes, I do get confused whether it's her or Charles Bass, which again, they should not have <laughs> so similarly named two characters here. Have you ever said like, Charlie Bass? It's like, no, but Lily calls him Charles, so I do write down Charles in my notes sometimes. And I'm like, when was Chuck <laughs> with Dan in this episode? But anyway, it was Charlie. And 
Charlie thinks that Dan's anthropology class was so cool for some reason, and, like, Dan's idea of a fun hangout was inviting her to go to class with him and then, like, asking her to split a cab back. <laughs> I mean, that's how you should know someone's obsessed with you. If they like that crazy. shit. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, I loved your anthropology class. Like, I loved aha, you do like you. me. And she's like, I know this is weird. I'm like, yeah, it is really weird. <laughs> it is fucking weird. <laughs> If anyone was like, do you want to go to class with me and then all, and, and then like talk about my notes afterward, I'd be like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> uh, Charlie says she's going to stick around at the bookstore and look for some books. She tells Dan uh, he'll see him later and gives him a chick, a chick, a kiss on the cheek. And Dan looks very surprised at this. And so does Vanessa, who is just fucking stalking them in yeah, the background. Are you fucking classic. kidding me, Vanessa? This <laughs> this reveal was the joke of the episode. It really just was. seeing that Vanessa is still watching Dan. Audible laugh. No way this was a coincidence that she's here. She was definitely stalking Dan, and of course, like, just happens it's to see this cheek kiss. Coincidence, she's just staring at Dan the whole time, like, oh, what, you're here too? That's so weird. Oh, I, I, I could not believe my eyes when Vanessa... I mean, how do you think that Char- Charlie found that page so fast The from best friends to boyfriends? Has friends and boyfriend um, because Vanessa lets that cracked open to that page before. Oh, that's that's what it was. She she dog eared the page yeah. so that she would turn right to it. Um, Blair and Louis. Blair confides that the threat of Louis's parents' disapproval has been the only dark cloud on an otherwise great day, and Louis doesn't want her to worry, but he does need to tell her something. Uh, but before he can tell her. The Royal Highness herself, Louis's mom, merges in and starts yelling at him for hanging out with an American. Uh, this is unacceptable, especially for someone who's about to get married. Uh, so uh, I guess he did forget to mention this over the course of the last couple of days. It d- didn't come up that, that he needs There's to get married. Didn't, he didn't ask, so why would I, you know, <laughs> uh, And he wants to explain, but Blair is shocked and she abruptly leaves. And uh, Princess Sophia makes a call and says, I found him. Thank you for alerting me of this fiasco. And then we get the reveal, another great reveal, that is Serena on the other end. Serena is the one who tattled to Louis's mom that he was dating Blair. Uh, very funny reveal. And <laughs> it's Serena only funny because like, it's so... stupid. Like, why? Why is she? Is she still jealous? No, I, I, I guess she is. No idea why she does this. She, but she's so cool and confident that so she just says, "You're welcome," and hangs up. Okay, like you said, why did Serena do this? Why is she pretending to be Blair's friend while she's doing this? I'm, I'm not even mad at her. I'm just amused that she doesn't think this is going to cause more problems for her and Blair. Like, also. <laughs> Did she just have the princess's number? Like, this is just someone yeah. that she can contact? Well, I guess this is what she's doing at the end of the last episode, is when she's on that weird website for French people, she's, like, finding the princess's number. She's trying to get connections. <laughs> she's no calling idea. her, like, Amex concierge to get the number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Princess Sophie, it's but, me, Serena Vanderwoodson. You know, the socialite from New York City. Yeah, why um, would she even pick up? Like, what yeah. the hell? Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. Usually when she's, like, butting in, she's doing it because she thinks it's the right thing to do. Like, now she's, like, actually being devious. Yes, she uh, mentions it's like the right thing to do when she's eating with the the gentleman in the the next scene. She's like protecting Louis too, because why would he want to be with Blair? Trying to trying to spin this as she's looking out for Louis. That was laughable. It's not the reason, obviously, but. I was reading the reception for this episode, and I don't want this to, to sway your opinion on the episode, but it was received pretty negatively, and this was one of the things here. Serena Vanderwoodson's actions throughout the episode received negative reviews. New York Magazine called out her character inconsistency and Serena's actions against Blair. They said, as much as this show has tried to teach us that nobody can be trusted and any friend will turn on one another at the drop of a hat, we really don't believe that Serena would go so far out of her way to ruin Blair's chance to be a princess just because Blair once kissed Dan, whom <laughs> Serena isn't dating and is really to, right, that's what I was going to say next, sense. too. Is like, it's not like she's even <laughs> seeking after Dan. It's one thing if she's like, well, now I'm back into Dan again. It's still stupid, but she hasn't been yeah. interested in Dan for like a whole season now. Yeah, I, I, 
they don't tell us why she's doing this. It's just that, like, someone mentions it, but she's like, oh, well, if I ever kissed Chuck, like, I wouldn't even be allowed to be in New York, which is like, okay, true. But also, first of all, it feels different. I I don't, can't really think of why it's different right now, but I guess it's different because Claire and Chuck, like, actually are, like, actively pursuing each other for most of this show, where Serena and Dan had, like, a thing in the first season and have not been together since then. Yeah. I also think like it's very clear that Claire and or Blair and Chuck are just like the most toxic couple oh, yeah. on TV, especially I mean, at this, this time. So. This episode yeah. in particular, is, <laughs> is like yeah. the lines that you do something in between that relationship, they're both going to try to murder you. Literally, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it may end in murder. Like the, yeah. I'm sure Chuck did not lose the number of Bart Bass's arson guy. Like there, there might be another <laughs> yeah. fire to a building at some point. So arson judge. Uh, they. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Dorota is trying to comfort Blair. She's like, uh, maybe she didn't say married. Maybe she said carried, which is a valiant That's effort good. from Dorota. Um, Blair says she allowed herself to feel things for him that she only felt for you know who, and he lied. And Rhoda asks where he's staying so she can send Vanya over there to do some damage Eastern European style, which another great suggestion from Rhoda here. Um, so Louis enters and he's going to explain to Blair. Uh, he's not engaged. The royal court just feels that he should be, should be married before taking his rightful place as Albert's heir. And Blair is surprised and thinks that sounds outdated and old fashioned and idiotic, which is interesting because Blair usually loves outdated and old fashioned. It is a big the reason why she, she was into him in the first place was because he was the prince. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. And now she's like, well, actually, that's kind of stupid. Well, yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the royal family, Blair. That's, yeah. Um, so Blair asks how long he has to choose. And Louis is like, well, to punish me for dating you, my mom is flying in her top 10 candidates for a pot cocktail party tomorrow. So we're going to get like a, a quick season of The Bachelor here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is really funny that they decided to like do the engagement in New York. I, I didn't realize like why she did it. I thought this was like already planned because that's the way that Costco usually works. Is like, oh, I'm trying to bring Louis back. Perfect timing. Uh, the engagement party is happening next week, so let's go do it. And Blair, you can join. <laughs> but I guess she, I didn't realize that she did it as like a a spiteful thing. Like, let's speed up the process. Let's bring it all to New York where you are, Louis. Yeah, and let's uh, punish make him. Yes. Yeah. So they're demanding that Louis choose who he's getting engaged to by tomorrow night, and. Uh, he says that he doesn't feel for any of the other Bachelor contestants how he feels about Blair. And then, like, instead of asking her to marry him, he's like, he's like, you know what? I'll add your name to the list of candidates. Oh, how how <laughs> romantic. Oh. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I only Just... feel uh, the same way I feel about you for, like, maybe like a, a few candidates. <laughs> so you have a chance. <laughs> Whatever you, girl wants to hear. Definitely top five, Blair. Um, but... <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget the day that uh, Louis added me to the list of candidates. It was, <laughs> it was so I didn't make the cut, but I was, I was on the list. So Blair asks what happens if she gets chosen, and uh, I guess she'll get engaged. So Blair says, Blair's like, in real life, it's much too soon, but in a fairy tale. And I I guess Blair thinks she's actually in a fairy tale just because there's a prince involved. Like, this is still real life, Blair. It is still much too soon. Yeah, you should reverse those. Like, in a fairy tale, this is a great idea. In real life, I shouldn't do this, but she (laughs) said them in backwards order. But in a fairy tale. (laughs) Which we are in. So Blair... Blair's job is to impress the royal court tomorrow, and Blair is determined to wow the royal tiara right off of uh, the princess's head. I mean, it would right, work on we'll me. S- I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would work on a lot of people. Um, no. No. <laughs> not Kevin. Guff, not Kevin. Guff, guff. As he's made clear. <laughs> Serena is on the phone with B. Uh, she's still, you know, a secret agent here. She's being very fake and pretending oh. to be supportive. And Eric's going to call her out immediately. He's like, you sound happy in the same way that Jenny did when she found out that one of her minions got a date with Aster. And he wants to know what's going on. And so Serena tells Eric about how she tattled on Blair to Louis' mom. But it worked out in Blair's favor because uh, Blair needs to, or Louis needs to get married. And Blair's going to weasel her way, her way onto the throne. 
And Eric's going to try to be the voice of reason. He's like, okay, Blair's your best friend. Why are you ruining her life just because she kissed Dan? Which is a valid question. He, he calls her kind of cruel. Yeah, but I'm glad Eric's here because, he, like, like always, he's the, the voice of the audience. So at least someone's pointing this out that this is silly, but they go forward with the plot anyway. Yeah. And that's when Serena replies that if she kissed Chuck, she wouldn't be allowed to have this conversation. But uh, again, mm. it is different. And this is also when she frames it as her looking out for Louis. He's like, he deserves better. And Eric, again, immediately calls uh, this, uh, you know, calls out this BS and tells Serena that acting like Blair never works for anyone except Blair, which is exactly right. Blair is one of a kind. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it is true. That's part of the reason why it's, 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 it's there. putting like the, the Bill O'Reilly spin on this. <laughs> Listen, Blair Blair is the only one that can pull off what Blair pulls off. It's not incorrect. All right, we're all in agreement. Yeah. So Nate and Reyna <laughs> Nate and Reyna are on their date, and this is when we we, we start the scene off with and so even though the division's getting tougher and tougher, the match they actually have a chance this year. We gotta go. The the infield fly rule is so much easier to explain in person. <laughs> Matt, Matt was, Nate was also a Yankee fan, I thought. Right, um, okay. And I've also, why why is he this. so into describing the infield fly rule to her, <laughs> like to a point where he's like, you know, you won't get it until you're there. Like, why is he always talking about this rule that comes up not that often at all? It's not that serious. And we know she doesn't care. She's not like asking questions about this. It's okay. You're right. When did Nate become a Mets fan? He was always talking Yankees with his dad. Like when the captain went to jail, was Nate like, finally, I can be a Mets fan? <laughs> now I have another street kid now. Yes. <laughs> Also, this is 2011, and the Mets finished in fourth place in 2011, 25 games back of the Phillies, and Oof. missed the playoffs for the fifth consecutive year. So I think oh. Nate was being a little optimistic in this scene. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> is the infield fly rule really easier to explain in person? Why? So Nate can, like, point up in the air while he's doing it? Like, look, it's <laughs> happening. It's in the air. This is the infield. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's honestly probably easier on TV. Yeah, I think so. Because it'd be like, you'd be like, you hit the ball, and then it's like, well, why wouldn't you advance? Like, well, because, you know... <laughs> Raina's first question. Know, why won't they advance, Nate? <laughs> I don't get it, Nate. Why won't they advance? Why are they just standing every there? baseball game with you this year. <laughs> why don't they move? They're always running. Raina <laughs> so, responds to all of this by asking Nate what's going on. She's like, she's pretty much like, every time you mansplain baseball to me, I know that something's up. Like, I know you're. you're like, I haven't seen my mom. Where is she? And he's like, oh well. <laughs> what about the infield fly rule? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Raina thinks Nate's avoiding talking about her mom, and Nate's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not scared, but uh, some things are better left unfound. I don't want you to get hurt. And Raina, Raina gets mad, tells Nate she doesn't need him to protect her from the truth, and she is going to leave dinner. So uh, he's very determined to find her mom, and I don't think anything is going to stop her at this point. Um, Rufus comes downstairs, looking ri- ridiculous. Dan asks why he's dressed like the Fonz. Uh, I feel like this indie band would take one look at Rufus and like immediately fire him. <laughs> he's like, okay, poser. Well, isn't it like Panic at the Disco too? It turns out it's it's Panic. I I, I was gonna ask: Is this Panic the the uh, the Long Island pop power band, or is it Panic at the Disco? And Brendan Urie is gonna get like a a five episode guest spot on Gossip Girl, which wow. would not be the craziest thing. Do are you asking me which I think? Yeah, yeah. Which do you think, Brendan? Definitely not Panic at the Disco. I mean, they they've already been established by this point. Yeah, and by 2011 they they have been. I don't know when Panic the band got established, but I'm guessing Panic is the is the band they're talking about. I I I don't know much about them. I yeah, just know that a makes pan- more according sense, to the internet. Panic at the Disco is n- by no means a, a new up and coming indie band at this point. And never, never the was. Girl writers found out about it. it. Says Panic was active starting 2001. 
Oh, so they're even older than Panic at the Disco. Yeah. So, I, so maybe maybe they just invented a band that already well, has. The only reason I, I think it's Panic at the Disco is because, what was it? One Tree Hill had like fucking Pete Wentz in it. Yes, so, you know, they, <laughs> I think it's like they got the DNA in these CW shows. <laughs> right. I was going to bring up Pete Wentz being on One Tree Hill. And then I was like, you know what? I just brought this up last week. Let me not let me not make this a thing. So I'm happy that <laughs> so Kevin <laughs> brought, brought it up this time. So I'll, I'll bring it up next week. Yes, thank you. It's your turn to yeah. bring up Pete Wentz on One Tree Hill next week. A show that I am almost done with. I have uh, eight episodes left of One well, Tree I've Hill. I've been seeing a tweet about, oh, how, about how horrible it is. Season eight was one of the worst seasons of television I've ever seen. And I watched the last season of Gossip Girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So Rufus is wearing his lucky tour jacket because uh, the label wants him to to, uh, to talk to Panic. And Eric is laughing at, at Rufus that he wants to be the cool rocker when he lives in a penthouse with a billionaire wife under house arrest, which is funny that he calls that out. It's pretty punk rock, but okay. <laughs> uh, Dan thinks Rufus should invite Panic to the loft tomorrow, and Rufus asks Dan and Eric to come, but not Charlie. No, no, don't make sure Charlie's not there. And Dan's like, don't worry, I think you were right. She has a crush on the old Dan Humphrey, and Rufus like, yeah, I knew it. I knew she did. <laughs> and, so, and Dan's like, but I didn't lead her on. I didn't lead her on. And Rufus says, oh, well, you got to be clear about your feelings next time because, uh, you know, she lives under my roof and I'm responsible for her. He is? Is it like this guy really wants to screw up another teenage girl's life? Jenny wasn't enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess anybody that lives in the Humphrey house, Dan has to date. Yeah, that is the rule. rule. <laughs> is new, new rule. rule. New rule. <laughs> Bill Maher needed him. Yep. <laughs> Charlie is on chapter six. Speaking of Charlie, she's on chapter six of the classic book, Mr. Right in Front of You. And the chapter is entitled How to Go from Just Friends to Boyfriend, which is funny in itself. And then what's even funnier is that Vanessa is just creepily watching her from behind her. Like there has to be a better better way to talk to her than just like <laughs> looking at what she's reading. <laughs> I, I think she's really made a, I think a sharp turn into this this role from now on. So I'm, and I'm, yeah. you know what? I'm here for it. I, I kind of, I, I wouldn't even go as far to say as I enjoyed Vanessa in this episode, just because of how ridiculous <laughs> she was. Yeah, I think in an ironic, ridiculous way. Like yeah. Vanessa is some of the funniest parts of these last few episodes. <laughs> she's like a James Bond character. Though. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's like staring at them from like three feet away, like in an open bookshelf, and they don't even see her. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> and I didn't even remember that this happened last week. But I, last week I was like. Having Vanessa in this role where she just gets shit on by a different character every episode is great. I hope it's Charlie that just hands her ass to her next week. And that's exactly what's going to happen in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Charlie's going to get yeah. get some fun this week, too. And she's just going to completely demolish Vanessa as just well. Just for no reason. But, and that's great. But first, yeah. Vanessa spooks Charlie by announcing what she's reading. And then when Charlie slams the book shut, she's like, Charlie, hi, it's me, Vanessa. We haven't formally met yet. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie just clocks her. She's like, all right, Dan's former BFF who routed out the Dan and Blair kiss to Serena. What do you want? And like, thank you, Charlie, for not only shitting on Blair, but also for always being the, the one to provide the viewers with a previously on segment. Yeah. In yeah. case, in case, not, exactly. In case people like Kevin haven't seen a, an episode in a while, they know exactly what's been happening in the last few weeks. And, and it so, makes sense because she was there for that little interaction too in the house. She was, she was. She saw it all happen. And, so Vanessa says that even if Dan hates her right now, she's still his best friend and she can't leave without knowing he's okay. And Vanessa's plan before she leaves is to make sure Dan is with a girl who isn't going to corrupt his soul. This is so not her place at all and also like wildly insulting to Dan. Like I can't even believe Vanessa just continues to come off worse each episode. Like what makes her the person who gets to decide who Dan gets to be with and if that's good for his soul or not? Yeah, I don't – everyone – well, I guess two people. Maybe that's why Vanessa and Serena allegedly become friends later on because <laughs> they love sticking their shit in Dan's business and and neither of them are involved with him at all. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. It made a lot of sense or it made some sense when he was like the outsider back in like season one, beginning of season yeah. two. But now it's just like the dude is like firmly ensconced in whatever this crazy lifestyle oh, yeah. is. Yeah. He's an insider, baby. Yeah. And they're obsessed with him. They're like, I mean, good for him, I guess, that he's got so yeah. much love around him. And clear, made it clear to her last week, we are not friends. And now this week she's like, I'm his best friend. I have to, I have to, I have to make sure he's with someone that I want him to be with and not someone who he wants to be with. So makes sense to me. I guess she's going to give Charlie advice on how to win over Dan because uh, Vanessa has made the decision that Charlie is good enough for him. Oh, thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> I love that Charlie's just going to take this and do the, the opposite and then just throw Vanessa under the bus. It's brilliant by Charlie. I love, I love it. That's what you should so, do with that. Um, so Blair is trying to convince Louis's mom that she's a suitable wife for Louis, but his mom has come prepared with a printed out gossip girl blast to demonstrate to Blair how scandalous she is. Uh, you blackmail teachers, you bully underclassmen, a pregnancy scare, you dated Lord Marcus while he was sleeping with his stepmother, then you were traded by Chuck Bass, whose name precedes him, for a hotel. Which, uh, come on, how is, how is most of that stuff even Blair's I fault? Say, I mean, like, I guess... It's stuff that just kind of happened to her. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure this lady's done just as bad in her day. Don't I mean, become the princess without stepping on a few toes. Yeah, yeah let's, sure. I wanna, let's get the printouts of her. And yes, you print the printouts of of prince. Well, they don't have them because, the as Blair explains, she's like the the princess outs. Very good, Brendan. Very good. <laughs> um, so Blair tells her that all of her secrets are right there in front of her. Like she spins Gossip Girl as a good thing. Speaking of speaking of like good spin, she says that Gossip Girl has been chronoli- chronicling all of her mistakes since she was fourteen. So uh, Mrs. Louis knows literally all of her dirty laundry, which she can't say the same for any of the other girls. Which again, pretty pretty good spin from Blair. Yeah. And Louis's mom admits that she's right, but uh, she's like also though the other girls probably haven't performed in a burlesque club. And it's like really oh, that's wow. what you're stuck on. Come on. <laughs> you know who else had uh, okay. some good spin is that 2011 Mets bullpen on their curveballs. <laughs> Great spin. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> so, uh, Blair claims that Louie knows her past, and she's grown and changed. She can be the new Grace Kelly. Uh, so we'll we'll see if if that ends up happening. Uh, Chuck is obviously still drinking. Andrew Tyler comes back. He's found something else. I like. I'm, it's you know, I'm kind of glad that we're in like another Chuck destroyed drinking era, just like out of control, sloppy mess. Yeah, I mean we, we, we do get it. Like we do get a. a Chuck is drunk behind, beyond comprehension like once a season at this point. <laughs> so it's a letter dated the day before the fire, and Chuck orders Andrew Tyler, read it. So Andrew Tyler does, and it says, I know how much you mean to me, but I can't do this anymore. I'm so sorry, Avery. So obviously Avery mailed Bart a handwritten letter instead of just texting him, but here is the proof that there was something going on between Chuck's father and Avery. It seems that uh, they were having an affair, and she was going to leave him to go back to Russell. So now we have motive and opportunity for the fire. How recent was all this, though? This, this had to be, like, kind of, like, 20 years ago, if Brandon doesn't know her mom. Um, I forget, because Anne uncovers this story about the fire in season two, when, when him and Chuck go to jail in that episode. That's, uh. that's what was going on. Um, but I don't know when it was supposed to have happened. That I can't remember. So it was, like, in the 90s, and I, I can give them the pass on the stupid letter thing. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah, I guess... So, Raina hasn't known her mother... Her whole life, right? right. So, like if, how long if was Raina she alive is, when her mom was alive? For is the question, right? So, if Raina's twenty six, say her mom died twenty five years ago, then that's probably you know late nineties. Then yeah. Yeah, maybe I, I guess they wouldn't be texting. Maybe, email though, maybe was email a thing in the late nineties? Uh, sort of. I guess for rich people, and they were rich. So, I don't know why I'm asking you. We were, you know, <laughs> yeah. very, very young, young in the late nineties. <laughs> Brendan, were you emailing people back when you were four <laughs> oh, years yeah. old? Straight out of the whimsy. <laughs> 
um, as soon as Andrew Tyler leaves, Nate enters and like cheerfully asks, "Hey, what was Andrew Tyler doing here?" Like, figure it out, Nate. Come on. <laughs> I, I, thought, I read it more as as like an angry, like, "What was Andrew Tyler was doing angry? here?" Okay, maybe I just have a problem with Chase Crawford's line reading then, because it seemed to yeah, me I mean, like we both did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was Andrew Tyler doing here? Either way, it I seemed a little out of place. But... What the... Looks to be a lover squirrel, Terrence Dugley. Chuck <laughs> <So> just... <laughs> asks Nate uh, how the dinner with Raina went, and Nate tells him uh, she walked out on him and is dead set on finding her mother. And Chuck hopes that she gives up, but Nate's still optimistic. He's like, listen, she's going to find her mom, and then you have nothing to worry about, uh, which Chuck <laughs> obviously <laughs> not, not feeling hopeful after he read that letter. <laughs> What, where is she Chuck going? Like, is, she, is she going any particular place to find her mother? Does she have any leads? I feel like they had one lead and it was <laughs> all for naught. She's just going to look true. under rocks. Where... She's going to go back to that diner and find that other Avery and be like, are you sure you're not my mom? Yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one eating the Reuben. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Blair and Coach Dorota again. It seems like Dorota is going over who Blair needs to curtsy to, uh, when the situation calls for curtsy, who Blair should avoid. Uh, Bla- Dorota does so much research, uh, much to, you know, we all appreciate Dorota. Her skills are really unmatched on the show. She's such a valuable person mm-hmm. to have in your corner. Yeah, this is great. I mean, this is also like yeah. probably stuff that Blair had done growing up too for other events that she had to go to her whole life. So, th- this is like kind of right up her alley. This should be an easy thing to learn for Blair. Yeah, I mean, it's they- like a bag, man. Yeah, they have flashcards on all the dirt on people. Um, Louis interrupts, give, gives Blair a dress for tonight, and tells her that even if she wore a sack, she'd be the most enchanting one there. Blair should have called him on that and wore a sack to the event. <laughs> I mean, that dress is awful. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta <laughs> she might that. as well have worn a sack. <laughs> yeah, the sack would have been a, a step up, I feel like. <laughs> should we, um, in addition to overalls day, add a, a potato sack day? <laughs> I don't know if I can commit to that one. The thing is, when we commit on pod, we have to make it happen, and no, we did yeah. make overalls day happen. I don't they know if I actually want to commit to. Yeah, it does seem pretty itchy. Uh, I I don't want to wear a sack all day. If that's okay with you, maybe yeah, I'm good I'll with, give you a maybe. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what the uh, audience wants, but I'm gonna say no on sack day. Okay, great. For now, for now, if we Unless, have an uproar and people really want to see it, if they if they get me the Kelly Rutherford cameo. Well, I'll think about Sack Day. <laughs> okay, either that, if someone gets the the cameo, or if we get ten new patrons by uh by 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 next month, maybe maybe we can <laughs> we can do Sack Day as as a as a reward. I don't know why that would be a reward for anyone. But... That's good. Okay, so if <laughs> anytime get... I can I can by the end of September by the end of September patrons. if we get to new patrons yeah. and uh, Sack Day it is. All right, Sack Day it is. Mark <laughs> okay. on your calendars. <laughs> Our favorite search engine, Bing, is back. <laughs> Charlie Charlie is binging Pierogi NYC. I guess trying to find some place to go with Dan because he mentioned pierogies once. <laughs> I, I love that. Like in this conversation, she doesn't even, she doesn't even pretend like she wasn't just like googling Dan's favorite. No, things. no, yeah. She, she Dan comes in and she's like, "Oh, what are you doing t- today? I want to try those pierogies you're always talking about." According to Bing, there's a really good place in Queens. So thank God for Bing to tell us that. I mean, we haven't and, talked about this much, though. I, I know you can't have pierogies now, but. Uh, were you, or and Kevin too? Are you pierogi people? Pierogies are good. Pierogies are They're really, really good. good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a dumpling, you know. So yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there's some saying. vegan pierogies somewhere out there are. that I could, yeah. I could that I could demolish. I could fuck up a plate of <laughs> vegan vegan pierogies. <laughs> so impossible meat. You don't even have to like make it like a weird thing. Yeah, exactly. I think we could make it happen. Uh, we'll serve them at a at sack day. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Potatoes and pierogies. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> so 
Dan tells Charlie they should talk, and uh, Charlie seems excited, but Dan is gearing up to let her down easy. Uh, she's great, she's smart, she's cool, she's a spaz in a great way, but he's just not looking for a relationship right now. <laughs> okay. Um, and Charlie's like, yeah, of course. I- I'm not thinking about anything but friends. Dan just like, found my vows and- for the wedding, by the way. <laughs> Charlie's like, listen, you, Serena, and Eric are the only people I know here, so sorry if I came on too strong. She plays this really well, because Dan's uh, already good. apologizing yeah, for misinterpreting. Good. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a hunk like Dan, you kind of just assume that everyone has a crush on you. And you should. Look at him. I mean, he, I mean, he, he's right, too. He doesn't know it, but... He's right, right, he is right, yes. Yeah. And so Dan tells Charlie that his dad is hosting some music clients in the loft tonight. So he does say, he does specifically say, his dad is hosting music clients. So I, I know that Charlie is like lying later, but when she's like, "What?" Vanessa told me they were business associates because I, I was confused at that before it was revealed <laughs> yeah, that it was yeah. it was a plot. That, but okay, yeah. so Dan I, does the say, whole episode long. And I'm like, is is Charlie dumb? I don't. I can't tell if she's like. <laughs> I, I don't. It looks like she's supposed to be fucking someone over, but I don't know who. Who could she be fucking over? And, yeah, and Dan. <laughs> and Dan clearly says coming over for a low key night of pizza and music and such. And so Charlie's down, uh, so she doesn't have to spend another night with Lily. Poor Lily, everyone just shitting on her. She's too gassy. Don't have to spend another another night with fucking yeah, smelly yeah. Lily and Downton Abbey and her chili farts. <laughs> Poor Lily's gonna be so lonely tonight. Oh, <laughs> Eric, Eric, I promise, I promise, I promise, I won't touch oven you. <laughs> She's got the blankets ready to cover him. <laughs> Charlie wants to help out. She can make some great homemade pizza. And so Dan gives her his keys. She, she says, give me the key. G- give me the keys, Dan. Uh, I'll mix them at the loft. And Dan's just going to trust Charlie with the keys to his place, I guess. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't do anything bad. So. No, but I still think it's weird. He's known her for like a week. And I get that she's like technically she's family. loosely family to him. But like it seemed it seems strange that they're already on that level. But you know what? Good for them. They got close. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I trust a lot of people with my keys. Well, you're, you know, you're one of a kind, Brendan. That's all I was hoping for you to say. <laughs> I was angling for that. Chuck and Nate, again, Nate wants to know what they're going to do about Raina and his mother. He wants to show Raina the letter, but uh, Chuck thinks he's out of his mind. Uh, Nate does not want to let Raina get her hopes up, but Chuck's like, no, we can't say anything. Uh, he just wants Nate to keep lying to her. But, like, he should know that Nate's not going to be able to lie for that long. Like, Nate's not a good liar. Yeah, I mean, anytime Nate's covering up anything, everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah the, the dumbest character in the show. Exactly. He's like, yes. you pull off this like, elaborate lie about a murder? Like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. I got it. <laughs> Raina's like, Nate, how come you can't look me in the eye without like starting to cry? <laughs> so the Mets bullpen this year, I think they're going to do really good. <laughs> uh, has Chuck not shaved? I don't, I don't think we've ever seen Chuck. No, I don't, I, I, it was kind of crazy. It was, it was very long stubble. He's gone through much worse things, and this is like the only time he's let it affect his shaving habits. Yeah, no, I, I uh, don't like this. Maybe he is the reason why uh, he's clean shaven. It doesn't really seem to connect very well. Yeah, that's environmental storytelling, guys. Just one on one. Thank you, thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> Nate is fed up with Chuck because he really likes this girl, doesn't want to lie to her. So Nate like half-heartedly yells at him. This is another interesting line reading. He's like, he, he like comes out of nowhere. He's just like, "Well, you don't even know how to be in a relationship." Blair's lucky you. She escaped you, which is kind of a low blow. I don't know why he jumped straight <laughs> to that. One of my favorite parts. <laughs> And then Chuck actually yells at, or Chuck actually yells at Nate, like, even when he's gotten mad before, like, this is one of the only times we've heard Chuck yell, he's like, hey, you leave Blair out of this! <laughs> I was dying. I, at, throughout the episode, I kept just laughing and going, hey! <laughs> I've never heard him be so loud. Hey! <laughs> yeah, we get another yell later on that made me laugh. It's Beard Chuck. It, it's, Beard Chuck is an angry motherfucker. He's a yeller. <laughs> um, 
Chuck claims that no one understands what he and Blair has, and Nate tells him that's because it's not normal. Which, And he continues and says that Blair's better off with the French guy and tells Chuck all about the party that she's going to tonight. Um, Nate really jumped to being just so cruel to, to Chuck. Yeah, but I well, think he's, he's just he's so he's sick of Chuck. He's right. That's right. I mean, he, he's, he's right that what he has with Blair is not normal, but uh, really letting him have it here. Yeah, it's also kind of funny because Nate just lives in Nux in Nux's place, <laughs> Chuck's place. <laughs> yes, they do they do live together. So Blair is studying with Dorota still with uh with Nicki Minaj and Rihanna playing in the background. Oh yeah, and yeah, that was that was a blast from the past. That's and an so Serena, I I'm a fan of the song. I, I was jamming out when it when it when it came on. <laughs> so Serena walks in and Blair tells her that uh, they should change they should send out change of address cards because she's moving to Cloud Nine. This fairy tale stuff has really made Blair wow. corny. <laughs> yeah, it really has. It, this is, so uh, the song choice though is important to me because this song, as we like, kind of cut through all the plots along along the way while the song's still playing, feels to me like we're wrapping up the episode, and it doesn't really fit yes. with like it fits with maybe just this plot line and the other ones that it cuts through. It's too like uplifting for <laughs> what's going on. It doesn't right. make any sense at all. Right, <laughs> right. Um, Blair is excited. She gets to be a powerful woman now. Uh, forget running stupid Ann Archibald's company. She's going to be negotiating peace in Sudan. And I mean, I talked about I talked about Dan already trusting uh, Charlie with his keys. Pr- Prince Louis is really going to trust Blair with the task of negotiating peace in Sudan after knowing her for like a week. I mean, he's like Jared Kushner before you know <laughs> Jared Kushner. Peace in the Middle East. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yeah, it seems unwise, but all right, I guess I guess that's what Blair's going to be doing in the up. Is is that where this this show is going, Brendan? Do you think it's going to be like Blair in like peace negotiations? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that. That's what uh, Emma okay. Watson does, I'm pretty sure. So she's like the the Casa Girls Emma Watson. Okay, great. <laughs> so that's where this show will be headed. <laughs> Serena hears all this and is like, "Wow, you really like him, huh?" And she's like, "She's thinking maybe she shouldn't have sabotaged Blair's relationship for no reason because it's possible that uh, she likes him." <laughs> and Blair says tonight has to go perfectly and asks Serena to come with her. And Serena looks uncomfortable but agrees. And Blair again calls her her best friend, <laughs> the best friend a girl could have. And who knows? Maybe soon it, you'll be my maid of honor. She too. still doesn't seem like she feels that bad though. No, Blair really hammering home how great Serena is, and uh, and she, Blair does reveal. Uh, maybe this is on purpose because like Blair reveals later where she's like, and I know you're the one that called uh, <laughs> that yeah. that called Louis's mom. So maybe she is just like trying to make Serena feel like shit, right. and I hope it works at least a little bit. Yeah, better. It, it, it is funny because like uh, Serena trying to fuck her over kind of helps her in a couple of ways, and, and Blair just knowing that is able to just run with it and just own her anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's showing remarkable like self restraint here, not like blowing up on Serena throughout all of this. Yeah, that's growth. That's growth. That's growth. Love to see it with Blair. Our favorite God. character, Blair. She's such a developed character. We love her. Um, Chuck, Eric, and Rufus are in the hallway. Dan gives them the heads up that Charlie has been cooking inside all day, and uh, Charlie lets them in. And she's in a dress, and she has set up an elaborate-looking, uh, very fancy dinner dinner with uh, caviar and pate. I can't Beautiful. say I've ever had caviar before. Nor have I. Oh wow, you guys are really uh 
need to go to a dinner party hosted by Charlie. That's really what it comes out to. <laughs> We're just a couple of blue collar podcasters. <laughs> this is the this is the, the, the working the, man's the blue pod. collar pod. Yeah, the working the working, working man's man. gossip girl pod. <laughs> All the blue collar folk who just want to unwind and listen to uh, gossip girl recaps. This is this is your one stop shop. Yeah, yeah you, get, you get home from work, you take off your boots, take off your hard hat, and you just kick back and listen to the lonely boys. You, you open up your uh, limerita. <laughs> <laughs> After I get home from the construction site, I love nothing more. This should be an ad for us. I love nothing more than listen. To Matt and Uncle Cream talk about Gossip <laughs> Girl. About Blair on the Upper East Side. I got my Bud Light Limerita in one hand. <laughs> I got my horses in the back. <laughs> I forget what's in the front. I, you know, we, we'll figure it out. We, we've got plenty of time before before we had to submit this ad. Um, Chuck has shaved. He he calls to get the car brought around because he's going to crash the party, and he's got a ring of his own. How does he know where the party is at? Would be my other question. I'm is sure it's all like, over Gossip Girl. Yeah, Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. People of this, of this yeah. stature always know. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of the event of the week, we're, we're here. Uh, the princesses are being announced as they walk in. Blair has been studying all day. She's completely up to speed on her competition. Serena is now being super supportive and rooting Blair on and telling her that she's got this. And Blair, again, tells Serena she couldn't do this without her by her side. Uh, Blair gets called in, does her little curtsy. She sees Louis. She's very happy. You know, they're, they're all just so happy now. What could go wrong? Nothing could go wrong. Um, nothing, yeah. Nothing. Especially now that the, the stumbling drunk Chuck that's going to party. <laughs> Back to the loft. Charlie is explaining that she dropped Lily's name and credit card number and got somewhere to cater. Uh, the, the indie rock people are obviously going to love this catered dinner in the loft. And at this point, like like you were saying, Brendan, is Charlie? You were saying is Charlie stupid? I was like, I forgot that this was just a ploy. I was like, did she think this was a good idea? I mean, I, I, I knew she like she knew what tonight was. It was specifically said low key, uh, and Anne tells her she thought she was making pizza, but she tells him that caviar and pate will be out soon, and she'll get the sommelier. Yeah. And and then I thought I missed something. I thought like I thought Vanessa told her to do this, so Vanessa could fuck her over, and then like get Dan for herself. I was like, how does that work, Vanessa? I don't know. She, yeah, we didn't see that though. Yeah, and so Eric continues to be a, a funny character. Excitedly shouts about the sommelier. He, he's probably still hopped up on, on coffee for Leslie. <laughs> oh yeah. Eric has a bit of a caffeine addiction now. I think. Yeah, he's gonna have to go and, to, uh, back to the Ostroff Center for that one. For <laughs> caffeine, and he tells Rufus that the Fonzie jacket was a better idea than this. So Rufus is just gonna meet uh, Brendan Yuri and the rest of the Panic Boys. I, like it's, it's either like a high end dinner or just Rufus by himself <laughs> and the jacket. <laughs> And the jacket. Uh, change of plans. He's going to take them out to eat. And then Dan and Eric are going to tell Charlie that the band canceled and distract her with a movie. Like, why are they treating Charlie like a toddler? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yes. Well, they, they think she's dumb, too. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, how the fuck this up? <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie asks Rufus what's going on. And he's just like, oh, and he walks away. So Dan explains that the band canceled. And Charlie's like, band? I thought we were entertaining business associates. <laughs> she thinks she messed up. And she says to herself, I was only doing what Vanessa told me to do. And Dan hears this and is like, oh, Vanessa? And now all of a sudden, I think Charlie's a genius. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not explicitly... Yeah, exactly. It's not explicitly said here, but Brendan, did you did you think this was intentional from Charlie? Like, sabotage the night and subtly blame it on Vanessa to further drive the wedge between her and Dan? Or was she actually... Did you think she was actually trying to take Vanessa's advice and this is what happened? Well, not, not until she said the... I was only doing what Vanessa wanted me to do. And then I was like, ah, I, I see. That. Now I see. But I, I was confused until that, until that moment. Okay. 
So, like you said, it, she she did do this on purpose. She threw Vanessa under the bus for yeah. it. So I love this play from her. I, I think I think she might be able to make it here on the Upper East Side after all. I like, and she really hasn't gotten any training. Like the, the training that she had was just following Dan with Serena, and I, I, it seems like everything she's gotten so far has just been from her own doing. So good for her for being a, a good ball player. She learns quickly. Just like, pulling herself up by her bootstraps. I also would That's love right. to know what kind of business associates that. Dan, Eric, and Rufus would be like going to talk to if they were talking to like actual like who who do they know? What what is this this business that they're gonna strike up? I brought along my associate, my son, and my stepson. And we are here too. You're gonna open up a jersey, mics. <laughs> now that's where this show is heading. Rufus opens up a jersey, mics. Franchising operations. <laughs> you be your own boss, Lily. Just give me a, a small loan. And... Blair is uh, holding her own at the fancy party. She's rattling off facts with everyone she talks to. Uh, she's also exposing all the princess's dirt to them. And Louis is talking to Serena and waxing poetic about how all of his dreams can come true if he marries Blair. Uh, come on. How is he so in love with Blair already? I, I mean, I get it. Blair is great, if you ask anyone besides Kevin. But do you know, <laughs> with, without a doubt, that he wants to marry her already? It, it's crazy. Cause, like, yeah. I, I do believe this, this man, but it, it's still silly. Like, I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not in on it. I mean, yeah, if it's, if it's the two weeks you guys said it was, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, he's he's been thinking like, about her for months and months, I guess, if that sort of helps. Yeah. He said something like, given my options, in this terrible uh, place that I'm in where I have to choose a wife tomorrow, uh, I would be much happier with Blair than anyone else. Then I'd believe him. Yeah, but from his standpoint, it makes sense. Like, oh, I had to pick someone to marry. I'd rather pick the person that I'm actually dating. That would be great. But also from his standpoint, like, she hasn't been dating him very long at all so yeah. i can see her saying no but yeah. luckily he's yeah, getting it makes sense person. in that context but it's, yeah. it's still just like completely insane it is yeah and so chuck arrives now and serena immediately sees that he's drunk and tries to get him to leave but uh he's got something he needs to tell blair so blair sees chuck confronts him she also tells chuck to get out of here and instead uh <laughs> talks to a royal man about his acapella days in oxford uh instead of talking to chuck which yeah. you know i i mentioned this just so i can f- say that i famously sang acapella at Albany. Oh, we have it's been a while since it's I was been able a while. To bring that up. You know, I'm good for been you. A while since we got to see uh, Jenny singing a cappella at, uh, <laughs> at, at, in high school. Love to see. So it. I just had to. Yeah. Um, Nate goes to see Raina, and we are still like dancing around this plot instead of really going for it. Like they're still just using this as a way to keep Nate away from every single one of the main plots. Why are they always doing this to Nate? <laughs> I don't know. Because they, they really, they're treating Raina a- like she's more of a main character than he is. Nate hasn't been to an event or a party since, like, the first half of the season. He's just always either playing pool by himself, uh, trying to give Chuck a pep talk. He's being with Raina. Like, this plot, like, has legs. And if they actually go for it and, like, which I guess, and I say this every episode, where it's like, I guess at the end of this episode they, like, set it up going forward that this is going to be something. (laughs) But for now it's just, like, it's just a way to keep Nate occupied. Yeah, this doesn't move at all for me. Like we, we yeah. like you said, it's been it's been happening week after week. Like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, and it just it still hasn't. Uh, and it, it sucks because Nate's good at parties. He gives great speeches. He makes everyone's pants yes. fucking the wet one thing when he's he gets there. He's, he's a hunk. <laughs> yeah. He's a hunk. He can give great speeches, and so yeah. uh, Nate tells Raina, or uh, Nate asks Raina why she's hiding out in her office, and Raina's like, "I'm not hiding. I'm working." And she says, "Why? You have concerns about the Mets bullpen? You need to mull over." Which <laughs> that was a, that was a good joke. That was, that was a good one from Raina. <laughs> she got him with that one. And so 
Nate admits he was avoiding talking about her mother because he was trying to protect someone, and he was wrong. And uh, so Raina asks if Nate knows something, so it looks like Nate might might come clean finally, but first we have to see Chuck being his drunk self again, and he starts talking to Princess Sophie Grimaldi, and is obviously very off-putting, and he, he says... It's no surprise Blair wants to be a, with a prince. Marie Antoinette was one of her favorite roles to play. Of course, I was always eating her cake. I didn't understand this, but it sounded like he was talking about her box. Yeah, you, you, got, you got it around the nail. Is this like some sort of uh, like event that I didn't know about? Is this sort of like a reference to a TV show? The reference to a TV eating. show. What? You mean like the eat, let them eat cake? You ever heard? You never heard of that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's okay. it. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> a, a famous during uh, before the French Revolution, right when it started, I guess. I think Gagan, uh, Marie Antoinette was the queen. All the people, the peasants in France, are complaining that they don't have uh, food to eat. She said, "Why don't they just eat cake? Let them eat cake." Uh huh. There we go. And then yes. here you are. And here we are. And of course, uh, Brennan's been using that expression ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was all for an offhand, you know, reference in a 2011 uh, preteen TV show. <laughs> but every time Brendan Brendan used that quote, he always thought that he was just talking about eating someone's box. <laughs> That's what I thought. I only know how to use it that way. <laughs> so, uh, princess sophie is shocked and appalled and asks chuck who he is and we get the famous catchphrase i'm chuck bass and he tells the princess <laughs> that uh <laughs> that he's the man blair is going to be with and that everyone else is just a waste of time and like I agree with him that everyone else is a waste of time and that uh, Blair Blair and Chuck like are the people who are meant to be with each other, even though they are a very toxic couple. But I think his approach may be a little off here. Yeah, I mean, I mean to me, this approach, as you call it, I don't even know if we could call it that. Uh, it's it's just embarrassing. <laughs> I think this is horrible, and I uh, they should they're not they don't belong together. This is this this to me is the final straw for me ever shipping Chuck and Blair again. Yeah, you know, I am uh, really regretting being so strongly team Blair and Chuck last <laughs> week, and then we get this episode. <laughs> like, the very next week, like, like, what am really I missing? Making me look, really making me look bad. Like, besides so, the history reference, what am I missing here? I, I don't really understand. <laughs> defending this episode, or not this episode, defending this couple so much last week, only to have them do this this week is yeah. uh, very embarrassing for me. For her to even chase after, like, him bombarding her like this should be like her last shower also like just like oh god this guy's so gross i can't believe i ever dated him this is embarrassing and we'll get to it later but she chases yeah, it gets you worse. like what are you doing yeah so blair tells chuck that he's embarrassing her and uh chuck's like come on you win you made me jealous with the prince let's go home you can collect your prize i'll eat your cake again and uh <laughs> serena jumps in she's like listen chuck no one's laughing don't do this and then Chuck, like, forcefully grabs Blair's hand and tries to, like, shove the ring on it, even though it's, like, still in the box. Again, having serious regrets about being so I mean, Chuck well, this Well, this part this is, is romantic. Now... So, yes, obviously this is romantic. <laughs> this is my lot in life now. I have, I have to defend Chuck and everything <laughs> that he does. So. <laughs> so they call security. Uh, Blair tells him to go home again. And Chuck tells her that he's not going anywhere with well, – she's not going anywhere – He's not going anywhere without her and begs Blair to tell the prince where her heart really lies. And then he's just like continues to beg. He's like, tell me, tell me. And security whisks him away. And this plan really was not that thought through. I, I do think if he soberly told Blair, hey, uh, Blair, don't marry the prince. I want to marry you. And like, yeah, showed her no, the I, ring, I, I think Blair... I could have been one over myself if he shows up and like, makes a grand romantic gesture. But this was the, yeah. the furthest thing from that. Blair would be that's having not, serious sex with Yes. <laughs> but he decided to become a drunk mess and he blew it. So we have uh, yet another obstacle, I guess we can call it, keeping Chuck and Blair apart now. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he yeah. kind of succeeded a little bit because he prolonged it at the very least. Right. Well, he's going to make it. He makes it tougher, at least for Blair and Louie to get together. So I guess uh, I <laughs> guess a, a net positive for Chuck, all yeah. things considered. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he, he found out when he was drunk. So what is he supposed to do? He's got to act. <laughs> You can't be drunk and be like, be like. I guess I'll sober up first, and then right, I'll wait no, for tomorrow. No one ever thinks. No one ever thinks like that. No. So, <laughs> Blair and Serena return home. Blair claims that in all her years of humiliation, uh, this was the worst night of them all. And Serena, it's like, you know, as drunk and inappropriate as that was, still feel a little bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> the most insane part of the entire episode, and now she's trying to get Blair with Chuck after what she just saw. <laughs> Listen, if Serena's team Chuck, maybe I'm on the wrong side here after all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Serena says she always thought that Blair's prince was here with his empire in Manhattan. And Blair is very upset that after what she witnessed tonight, she's taking his side. Yeah. And I'd be a little annoyed too. Like, how do you watch that and be like, yeah, I feel bad for him. He, he's the one. That's Prince yeah. Charming right there. Wasn't he kind of cute? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not all from Blair. Blair reveals out of nowhere that she knows Serena was the one who sent Princess Sophie the scrapbook from Gossip Girl, and she assumed it was payback for Dan, but now she thinks that maybe Serena was defending Chuck, too. Which, again, remarkable restraint from Blair to know that Serena was behind this and not, like, immediately try to ruin her life. Kind of unheard of from Blair, but I guess she was just so on cloud nine, as she would call yeah, it. Yeah, that must be she didn't what really it care. Is. And... Serena tells, Blair tells Serena that Louie made her happy, and uh, she asked Serena if she knew the last time that Blair had felt joy. I, I'm a wor little worried about Bla Blair's mental health. Yeah, it is sad. I, I guess the last time she felt joy was uh, with, with Dan recently. I I mean, that that wasn't that long ago then. Then I feel less <laughs> bad about for, for Do you know the last time I felt joy, Serena? It was, it was two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been happy in two weeks, and you're trying to ruin this for me. So, Blair tells Serena that with all her Dan issues, it's obvious she thinks her romantic fate was sealed in 11th grade. She says, but I'm growing up. I want something different. I wanted Louie. And Blair says that she's growing up, and her proof is like, I want to live out a fairy tale and marry a prince. See, I'm growing up. Like, I, I feel like she is uh, not Yeah, but I, I, her overall point stands with me, though. Like, she, she's grown to a point where she's past Chuck, and she's past the toxicity. Well, in, I in think this that moment, anyway. Be the main point. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I want something more. Not, not, not in particular, like Louis, maybe, but like, I think Louis is obviously a better, mm. a better partner than Chuck in this moment. He's boring. Where's the flame? Where's the passion that Chuck has? Oh my god. Well, goodness. that's why Nate knows that they're not meant to be together. <laughs> I don't see Louis punching any mirrors. <laughs> don't know spoilers. <laughs> So that's, that's I said we can talk show. about the episode. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. <laughs> Nate has told Raina. It, it's about time she finally knows. Nate is apologizing. Raina says that her dad must not have told her the truth because the truth was worse than fiction. At least now she understands why her father was so intent on ruining Bass Industries, I guess. But it's like, I don't know. If I found out that my dad had been telling me my whole life that my mom left my dad for another man and just hasn't bothered to talk to us and then i found out no she's actually dead like i i feel like i would be a little more mad at my dad yeah definitely no this is a bad move by mr thorpe he hates chuck more than anything now yeah i don't really understand the the full-on the hate of chuck and nate yeah she thinks that chuck is just like his father and he's pissed that he lied to she's pissed that he lied to everyone and like okay chuck not telling reina something to spare her feelings is not as bad as Creating Chuck's dad lie. murder murder. She says that Chuck is as bad as his father. What Chuck did was <laughs> was lie to her to avoid to spare her feelings. Chuck right. murdered her mom, or Chuck's dad murdered her mom, and 
allegedly, 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 allegedly. And then shouldn't she be way more? Yeah, we will be hearing from Bart Mess's attorneys <laughs> when this podcast goes on. And shouldn't she be way more mad at her father for not telling her this? Like, how is yes. this Chuck's job to tell her? her yeah, the two her anger seems very her, her anger seems very misplaced here. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I don't understand. Like the Nate and Chuck both came from good places. The other two. Her dad came from he's a gonna, stupid place, and Chuck's dad is a bad, bad man. <laughs> She's going to talk to her dad, and he's going to be like, I told you Chuck was no good. You're going to blame this <laughs> See, on Chuck somehow. Like, he kept that from you. How, how dare he? <laughs> I told him, expecting him to tell you. And he didn't even tell you that 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 your mom left you for another left me for another man. He's a terrible person. <laughs> he says that uh, he lied to me, he lied to you, and he tried to cover up the truth about my mother. And then when Nate says uh, Chuck's been going through a lot, too, Raina's like, don't you dare defend him. Like, I... I actually had to rewind the conversation to make sure I didn't miss something I because felt the I, same thought way too. Sh- I thought for sure they had to be talking about her dad, but no, they are in fact talking about Chuck. I think the writers meant to make it about her dad and they forgot. <laughs> they <laughs> used they put the wrong name it. in there. Uh, did a control replace all all of uh, Russell's name yeah. with Chuck's name? Nate goes, as a <laughs> lay off your dad. He's been going through a lot. <laughs> Him and Nate have been <laughs> hanging out a lot recently. <laughs> Watch him go to Mets games. <laughs> yeah. Mets, how about the no-hitter from Johan? <laughs> Was that that year? I don't know. I don't Could remember. Um, I, 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 if I trusted your ability to vamp, I would look up when, uh, when Johan threw, threw the no-hitter. But we'll, we'll, just, move, we'll just move on. Um, Charlie <laughs> and Dan are in the penthouse. Uh, Charlie is explaining how Vanessa was the one responsible for ruining the night. She tells Dan that uh, setting everything up took all day, and she wanted it to be perfect. And, and asks why she did all this, and Charlie's like, Thank you, no. And she tells Dan that Vanessa <laughs> Vanessa told her. Vanessa said to Charlie, if you get Rufus, you get Dan too. And I mean, this is clearly the strategy that Vanessa used to get Dan. This is, this is some it. of the most damning evidence we've seen. <laughs> that, uh, Evan, if you didn't know, uh, Brendan's theory since the beginning of the show has been that uh, Vanessa and Rufus had some sort of affair. And I think this is damning evidence that, oh, wow. that Vanessa and Rufus had an affair. Like, Vanessa got Rufus, and then she was able to get Dan too. She's laying out the blueprint. Yes. Yeah. Uh... That's a quite the uh, conspiracy theory there, Brandon. I don't know if I can get behind that with you. I mean, the last couple wow, people Brett. that have come on have been agreeing with me, so you're the first of, uh, of many to say, disbelieve fi- me. Finally, a I guest comes on this. and disagrees with, uh, with Brendan. This is a stand-up guy. I don't know why you would think he's... You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. He's, he's a Rufus. Yeah, he has the highest opinion of, yeah. of Rufus here. Uh, Johan pitched a no-hitter on June 1st, 2012, so we have not, we have not gotten uh. there yet. And you know what? Uh, we won't. They'll have to comment on that in season six, I guess, because uh, we're still. They better. We're still <laughs> they're they're going to be Yankee fans they, in season six, and they better. Net, Nate gets an LVP every every episode of season six until he mentions Johan's no hitter. He better. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, so um, Charlie is lamenting the fact that she's the loser who lost Rufus a job opportunity, and she's the loser that lied to Dan about liking him as a friend, and uh, she's like revealing her feelings to Dan, and Dan's only response is. Looks like you learned your first lesson about being an Upper East Sider. And <laughs> You're a big, fat loser. <laughs> he completely like ignores that she's like confess- confessing her feelings for him. And she he texts Vanessa to meet him at the bookstore in 20. But first he has to give Charlie her second lesson, which is to face your enemies. And Charlie actually wants to talk to Vanessa alone. He says if she's going to survive in this world, she has to do it on her own. So Dan tells her to meet him at the loft when she's done with Vanessa for some caviar and pate. And does not even mention the whole liking him as more than a friend thing. Yeah, I, I think now Dan might be into her a little bit. I, I guess it didn't. It wasn't going to take long. Ooh, you did all this for me. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. <laughs> Humpy like uh, Blair. 
Blair answers the door, and it's Louis. He's heard, he heard Blair's conversation with Serena, and he wants her to choose joy in her life. How long was Louis standing out there? He was just outside listening to their entire argument? Yeah, that's kind of how the Gossip Girl world goes. Usually we would pan to Louis hiding behind a wall listening in. I'm surprised <laughs> right. they, uh, they forewent that opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised we don't have people that just kind of have extra like walls lying around that they could carry, carry and just like listen to people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Vanessa's on that track. A, a potted plant. To, to, <laughs> to <hide behind. laughs> so uh, Louis wants to be the one who gives Blair joy, but Blair tells him that his family will never approve. And Louis says he doesn't give a shit about his family, which I do appreciate. Uh, he, he wants yeah. to be with Blair regardless of what his family thinks. So points for Louis there. Yeah. And I mean, he's the, the, uh, Prince Harry before Prince Harry's Prince Harry. He really yeah. was, yeah. He said, screw the royal family. And... Blair tells Louis that she's seen movies, so she knows how this works. If he doesn't pick a wife that his family wants, then they'll make sure he never ascends to the throne. And Louis says there's no point in being head of state if he can't follow his heart. And this man wow. proposes to Blair. Uh, and then if I told you a few weeks ago that someone was going to propose to Blair by the end of the season, how many guesses would it have taken you to predict that it was Prince Louis? Many, many, many guesses. Um, <laughs> we don't. I guess we don't get an answer here. Well... We do, because in the last scene, Blair is on the phone with her, her, her mom again, the scene from the first thing, and she says, I'm engaged. Oh, okay, okay. So unless we, we do another flashback next week where we see that she actually accepted Chuck's proposal. Yes. Chuck, the way you punched that mirror and made me bleed, I just never felt so loved. Of course I'm married. Because it, it, it wouldn't be the most absurd thing for her to be weary after he says, oh, I don't care if I don't ascend to the throne. Then she'd be like, oh, boy, right, yeah. I'm not so Ooh, sure about you. I kind of do. Uh, <laughs> All I really wanted was a throne. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Louis sounds a little different than <laughs> Prince Louis. I think, I think I'm going to be out on this one. So Rufus returns to the penthouse. He asks Dan how Charlie is and also has some good news. Uh, he's Panic's new producer. So Dan, Dan is excited. Uh, they have a great high five. And Rufus is still not going to get rid of his jacket, though. So that's the bad news. I mean, he doesn't look that bad in the jacket. doesn't look that stupid. Yeah, it's not but, awful. I think because Rufus just looks stupid all the time. So I think you just add a stupid thing to a stupid man and you look oh equally God. stupid. <laughs> Slander. Panic at the penthouse, am I right? Pause for laughs. What album is he producing for Panic Disco? Is it like their third album? This would be 2011, <laughs> so this would be He's their... He's a recently break up. This would be, like, this this would be their fourth album, I think. The one that I, I don't really like. Yeah, too too rare to live, too too weird to die, or whatever it's called. Mm, okay. Guys, you guys, yeah. you guys know. Come on. I didn't laugh. On. By the way, <laughs> they you. like. Yeah, but they had like. Oh no, no, this would be. Year. You were right, Kevin. This pretty odd. Yeah, yeah. This would be. This would be their third album, Vices and Virtues. Yeah. All right. So more. I, I knew, a new song of theirs just came on uh, my like Apple Music Radio the other day, and it was just like it, it was couldn't kind have. of. They were they retired, and by they I mean Brendan Urie well, was the only member yeah. of the band now. Oh, it's just him now. He's still going, oh, I think. He said, oh. uh, he, well, said or, he said last year, I think. Panic I guess it was new for me, enemy. but it was it was not good. What was the song? Uh, what was the song? You, you tell I me what the song know. was. It was just something that just sounded like nonsense. <laughs> and it's just making its way over to Apple Music. Maybe pretty, pretty much produced it. That's why it's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's on our side now. Look at that. That's a pretty good. That's like a catchy handle for for Rufus. Like his new like business social media, he could do at Rufus produces. It's kind of rhymes. Oh, that's good. Good. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're all on the same page now. <laughs> Back on top, baby. Um, 
<laughs> Charlie meets Vanessa in the bookstore, and Vanessa greets her by saying, oh, I thought I was meeting Dan, and Charlie just nonchalantly replies, he doesn't want to see you. And then Vanessa asks what happened. <laughs> Which is also true. Not even, she's not even lying. Like, he, he said no, he doesn't no. want to be your friend, so... And Charlie tells Vanessa that because of her, she made a fool of herself. And Vanessa's like, what are you talking about? I told you to have a nice low-key night. And so Charlie sits down and does a classic villain reveal. Uh, Yeah, that's not what he thinks. He's under the impression you tried to sabotage me. Um, It's not really a villain reveal because I consider Vanessa the villain of the show. But it's still a reveal to a side of Charlie that uh, we didn't know existed. And I I could not be more proud of her. Yeah, and now I'm realizing, too, why... Dan couldn't go down there because he would have been like, what'd you do this for? And then Vanessa would have been like, what are you talking about? So it right, would move yes. Charlie to be like, I'll take care of it. Right, good, good forethought yeah, by, yeah. by Charlie here. Very good. She's, she's covering all her bases here. And so Vanessa can't believe what she's hearing. She tells Charlie that she was trying to help her get Dan. Now, Charlie didn't need Vanessa's help. So, like, fuck off, Vanessa. Yeah. And so we get an extreme ways drop, and Charlie tells her, oh, but you have. I've read Gossip Girl enough to know that Dan can't resist a damsel in distress, and you happen to make a perfect villain. Come on, Vanessa. If you actually knew how to get Dan, you wouldn't be running away to study abroad. Don't worry, though. Got I'll him. take good care of him while you're gone. Fuck yes, Charlie. Fuck yes to all of that. Like, like I said, she <laughs> she is filling <laughs> she is filling the little J-sized hole in my heart right now. This was diabolical. It, it's, I love it. It's crazy because she's made out to be like another, like you said, a little J or like a diabolical character, but... Her motive is just yeah. liking a boy. Like, she's not doing anything bad. She's really just, like, interested in a man and is pursuing him. And it's, like, set to be, like, such a, a funny, evil, chaotic character. I know. I, I think she's worse than Bart Bass. I think if we're going <laughs> to tier list. Vanessa, Dan's going to die in a Vanessa fire. Better watch out. Yeah, Vanessa yeah, better watch out for any hotel fires. Um, <laughs> um, Brendan... We, I kind of like gloss over this, but Vanessa does mention when she first, I'll oh, say meets yes. Charlie, even though she had been stalking too. her for, for weeks. She says she's she's going to go study abroad. She's she's leaving she's leaving New York. Do you do you think we'll, we should, we will be so lucky that Vanessa will be leaving I, the show? I do think that. The way she said it like made it seem like the writers were telling us, guys, Vanessa's leaving soon. We're going to go fucking crazy with her before she leaves. That's what it made it seem like. <laughs> we're we're going to go balls to the wall with Vanessa nonsense before we cut her off. So I, I'm guessing the end of season four is uh, the end of it. I think that's the correct move, so I hope I hope you're correct. Um, more reception for this episode, Charlie Rhodes. Even though most of the episode was, was uh, received negatively, Charlie Rhodes became the subject of praise with her successful integration into the Upper East Side. Uh, someone praised her for choosing to confront Vanessa alone, calling her a natural at schemes, and that even an outsider can thoroughly outshine an outcast. And uh, TV Guide praised the ousting of Vanessa by Charlie, stating that it didn't take her to take her long to cross over to the other side. So... People were uh, were very positive on Charlie this week. Yeah, she's good. She's good. You heard it here first. Very good. Charlie <laughs> I'm good. Glad. <laughs> I'm glad I paused for that. <laughs> Blair goes to see Chuck. Uh, here, the scene of the episode, I guess, for for better or for worse. Uh, he he greets Blair with a "You came." And Blair, again, I think I'm even more jarred in this scene because Blair is now in the weird angry angular de- detective. Yeah tone and blair asks how he could do that to her and he apologizes for ruining her her shot at being a princess uh he thinks she was never going to go through with it chuck tells blair that he needs her now more than ever before and uh he's really going through it now after finding out yet again that his dad sucks and he needs blair to comfort him and i get it i I get it that you know you're attached to blair she no one can comfort you like blair does but unfortunately they're not in that place right now where blair can be that person and i I guess you're right he's being a little too uh codependent here yeah and and also aggressive well, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. And so, uh, Chuck tells Blair that the only thing that's ever been real is me and you, and you know that, which is why you came back to me. And then he just 
lunges at her and starts kissing her neck. Like, oh. definitely no consent given there. A very bad look for Chuck. Yeah, that's, that's not the way yeah, uh, <laughs> she's, she's going to start getting into you again. Doesn't well, work. There's more, though. Don't worry. Blair tells Chuck that Louie asked her to marry him, and Chuck responds, you'll, me- you'll never marry anyone else. You're mine. God, <laughs> yeah. I hate, that. I hate that I've been on record the last I couple mean, of weeks saying that I'm Team Chuck. It, really, really, it felt <laughs> like we got transported right back to episode one. Yeah, and Blair tells Chuck she doesn't want him anymore, and Chuck now aggressively tells her, you're mine, Blair, and he grabs her and, like, pins her down, and then when Blair says it's over, he punches through his glass mirror. I, I was... I was dreading getting to the scene. This is a clearly a very controversial scene in the show. It is a scene that all the anti-chair shippers point to and say, yeah. "How can you ever, in a million years, watch this scene and support these two being together?" Or like, That's a good point. even support, <laughs> even support <laughs> someone who was a Chuck boy up until very recently, <laughs> or, or even support Chuck as a character in like any way. And I don't have an answer for that. Those people are completely right. The, the, yeah. the only it's thing I can say. Know. It's it's tough to come back from. The only thing I can say is that much like his assaults in the first episode, I uh, just try to forget that this really frightening scene ever happened. But it did. It's right here. Yeah. We just watched it. Yeah, I, I will say like as I was watching it, my my roller coaster emotions was like ew, 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 yikes, yikes, yikes. Pure laughter <laughs> once he punched through that <laughs> glass mirror. <beer. laughs> I was like, ah, oh, we're what back. Was your emotions. I mean, it's just like, it's all over the top. So it's like the whole thing is hilarity. I feel like for me, it's all just laughter. There's like, it's like, what the fuck is even happening? Like, why is she, why is she chasing him? Why is he still screaming about it? Like it is, and then he punches the fucking mirror. It's just like, like every, every like romantic passion trope thrown into one awful yes. scene. And on top of it all, Punching again, I can't get over the stupid angles. Like they need to check the levels of the hotel. I think it's like sinking or something. Check the levels. <laughs> So, uh, uh, on the bright side, Ladder Song by Bright Eyes starts playing. Very good song. I'm a fan. <laughs> All right, great. Okay, Everyone agrees. On. Bla- okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, very polite of you, Brendan. I think that's what you should <laughs> you should say for now when I make a point that no one cares about. Um, Bla- I just didn't know who that's Bla- the song. That's all. It's a good one. Put it on uh, Apple Music. Okay. Okay. Blair literally runs away. Like, she sprints out of there. And then... <laughs> This was funny to me. Nate pops his head out, and like Nate was here the whole time. Chuck, yeah, Chuck acted, <laughs> Chuck acted this way with Nate here, and like Nate didn't try to intervene at all. Like I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and hope that he just didn't hear anything until the glass shattered. But, yeah. Like, it's like what, what's going on out here? So <laughs> Nate goes right Nate. to the phone. <laughs> yeah, maybe he had his AirPods in. Uh, he goes right to the phone and calls Raina. He tells her that she was right about Chuck, and he chooses her. I guess can't really blame him there. I, I guess he was mulling it over until he saw Chuck. <laughs> That's what that he was mirror. doing. Yeah, the other room yeah. was mulling. <laughs> so he's getting, in, he's getting out when the stock's low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just how they uh, they say. Just, just what they say. Yeah, you buy should high, sell low. Exactly. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that is probably how Nate would uh, <laughs> would handle Wall Street here. Um, a lot, a lot was said on, uh, like I said, a very controversial episode, a very controversial scene for them. Uh, the executive producer, uh, Joshua Safran, who uh, was the showrunner of the of the reboot, uh, he was criticized for the depiction of perceived relationship abuse and domestic violence in a controversial scene of the episode, and uh, negative reactions towards the character of Chuck Bass. Uh, the episode received negative remarks following this scene, uh, with many perceiving this to be domestic violence to Blair Waldorf, and... Uh, Unfortunately, Safran himself, the executive producer, I guess, behind this episode, spoke on behalf of the series regarding the scene uh, with Chuck becoming violent. He said, 
way we viewed it, I think it's very clear that Blair is not afraid in these moments for herself. They have a volatile relationship. They always have. But I do not believe, or should I say we do not believe, that this is abuse when it's the two of them. Oh. Chuck does not try to hurt Blair. He punches the glass because he has rage, but he never and will never hurt Blair. He knows it and she knows it, and I feel it's very important to know that she is not scared. If anything, she's scared for Chuck and what he might do to himself. <laughs> but she's never afraid of what he might do to her. Leighton and I were very clear about that. Are you sure this, this is, is a comedy kind of a fan crazy... review? <laughs> 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 pretty brain dead I mean, that's a bad. He's fucking aggressive thing. as hell. What are you talking? Yeah. About? Sure, he didn't punch her in the she, face. Doesn't Sorry. she get hurt? Yeah, she I mean, like, her, the glass. Her face yeah. get cut. Yeah. yeah sure. I mean, but his wife is one saving grace. He's like, well, he didn't punch her square in the face. It was glass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he just, he just crashed the yes. car with her in it. He didn't punch her. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. one thing if you say like. Yes, this was domestic abuse. Like Chuck is a complicated and flawed that's what character. You had to say. We're not saying yeah, this was it. right, but yeah. he's like, no, no, no. no she wasn't good. scared. She was. She literally runs out, but she wasn't scared. And in response to these <laughs> comments, like you were saying, Kevin, uh, Karina McKenzie of Zap to It stated, "We're left wondering if Saffron missed the part where she went home bleeding because Chuck was using physical intimidation to release his own emotions." <laughs> so, Seems like you so, did. And then someone else said, we have no right to expect the Gossip Girl to be a paragon of morality or even realism, but the idea that true love requires taking a shard of glass to the face is disturbing even in this alternate soap opera dimension. So uh, most people, almost everyone except for the executive producer himself were uh, were upset with how this scene played out. But he's like, no, man, this is romance, which... Yeah, what a weird <laughs> fucking take by the the showrunner. What the, like, who says that thing like that? Very, concern- yeah. very concerned. Very concerned. Very yep. concerned of uh, jo- Joshua Safran's uh, takes on modern romance, to say the least. I mean, yeah. I, so I was getting bored by Blair and Chuck and like, kind of over it and I didn't care anymore about them being Endgame. And now I, I feel like I'm being, being proven right that I, sh- I, I not only should I be bored of it i should be over it because it's bad it's very you, bad you've now gone from bored to like very anti and you know your your transformation from a chuck boy to a, an uh an anti a, a chair anti is is fascinating to watch yeah yeah i'm, I'm a fascinating guy <laughs> much like blair <laughs> much like blair you're showing you're showing a, a great amount of growth yeah especially because I've, I've amazingly grown to like blair even more than i have like season by season because exactly, oh. she's always been great <laughs> but like season four is like peak blair like, i think her, dan brings the best out in her and I will stand by being a, a dare shipper. I think you'll the, be the, the two a, of them a, a are la- the opposite of, of Chuck and Blair. The two that make each other worse, a, and they make sure they're better. You think you'll ever be a, a lair shipper or a, or a Bluey shipper? Um, I like I do like the the ship named Bluey. I don't like the couple <laughs> <too>. itself. <laughs> yeah, I think Louie is still a little too boring and bland for for my taste right now. But well, you know, maybe he maybe he's. Uh, Got a zany side to his personality that we can see. Yeah, I hope it ends soon. Unless he's got the zany side. He's engaged. Engaged Louis is a is a wacky character. We'll find out next week. Exactly. Uh, a wise man once said, "Engaged ain't married." So uh, we'll That's see true. what happens with that. I've been saying Rain that is on for the, phone. the past year. By myself. Yep. <laughs> you wake up every day and you tell Nicole, "Engaged ain't married." Engaged ain't married. <laughs> I can girl kiss whoever us. I want. <laughs> Uh, Raina is on a phone call herself at the moment, and uh, she says, no, you don't know me, but my father planned on getting in touch with you. It's about Chuck, your nephew. I'll explain it all in person. I look forward to meeting you too, Jack. So, creepy Uncle Jack is coming back now, and I guess I get calling up Chuck's nemesis if you're, like, against him, but like, if her, her whole thing is, I can't associate with Chuck because he's an awful person, then teaming up with Jack Bass seems a bit hypocritical. Yeah, especially after what Chuck just did. You're calling another guy who loves to do the same thing to women. <laughs> so now we're going to get... Uh, yeah, shades, shades of Jack Bass himself, yeah. yeah. 
They they love that move where they just kind of grab a woman and start kissing their neck without consent. It's a it's a classic bass move. Classic bass move. Um, Dan and Charlie are having their fancy dinner. It's kind of like the, the closing montage here. We see Chuck is sitting wasted and alone. Uh, Blair is attending to her wounds. Uh, she closes the door on Serena and. He calls her mom, and we see the scene from the very beginning of the episode. She tells her mom that she's engaged, and that's our episode. Uh, definitely was more action. It was, it was definitely more action packed than the last couple. I will say that uh, for better or for worse. What what happens next? And then I don't. I'm interested to see what happens with Blair and Serena. Honestly, like especially after Serena left off with like, you know what, Chuck's kind of a good guy, and then he does that. Like I would really just be done with Serena for a little bit if I were Blair. Not even like that mm-hmm. mad anymore. Just like. You suck, so I'm over it. Um, Charlie and Dan are going to start dating. Oh, that's it. Charlie and Dan. When Dan? Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Dan. I sorry. I can't. <laughs> you still can't register the name Charlie. <laughs> Chuck and Dan are going to start dating. <laughs> Say it so, again. Chuck and Dan are dating. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the segments here. Uh, my former favorite segment, user review of the week. I went to the Gossip Girl wiki for this week, and I was expecting because last week was kind of the uh, the chair shippers and the dare shippers were all fighting each other in in the comment section of, of the episode wiki last week. I thought this week it was going to be like, see, you know, like more more fights about. Uh, Chuck versus Dan, um, but it was more fights about. Uh, I guess it wasn't even fights. It was more like everyone just shitting on Serena for for doing this to Blair. <laughs> That's like good. everyone was just so. So I, I pulled a comment here from uh, August twentieth, twenty eighteen, and they said, "Or of Serena's jealousy, BS." Man, I hate Serena more and more with every episode. She is a selfish, slutty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's our user review of the week. <laughs> and That's from the executive producer, also. That is from Joshua Saffron. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yes, uh, people are very anti-Serena. I believe Comedy Fan also was, who is still the only person uh, reviewing these episodes over on IMDb. Next week, the episode is entitled, and, you know, gotta love the pun based on what we just saw. It's called Shattered Bass. Brendan, do you have any predictions based on uh, this episode title for next week? Um, I'll say that at least Nate's plotline is going to be him just trying to fix that glass window for the entire episode <laughs> that's all I that's can it guess. Yeah. we know he like maybe nate's under house arrest too that's why, he, that's why <laughs> maybe, he can't maybe we haven't found that out yet <laughs> lily tricked nate into like trying on her ankle monitor and now it's just stuck on nate and, he can't. and she hasn't told anyone but she just wants to stay at home and watch downtown abbey she's free actually Eat chili <laughs> that's why she didn't leave the room she can't show off her ankle because there's no monitor <laughs> yeah. we, fig- we figured it out um the little uh, preview for next week says, Jack Bass returns. I love when the episode preview is just three words long. Yeah. <laughs> They've just given and up. They're getting very lazy with the episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Jack Bass returns. That's what's going to be happening next week. Um, let's do episode grades. I went first last week. So, Brendan, you can go first this week. What do you grade this episode? This is a hard one because it's very bad. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed is difficult. <laughs> uh, but I... I did enjoy it. I, I, I'm wondering if this is going to start to be the era where I'm from here moving forward. If I'm going to start enjoying the show more ironically, like I was, there's a period of time where I was just okay with it. Then I started to actually enjoy it for real, um, and then it kind of got bad again. And I was annoyed by it because it was starting to get good and it was, it was losing its promise. Now I think I need to start fully leaning into the absurdity of it. It's always been a little mm-hmm. bit absurd, but this mm-hmm. is like an, another level. Um, mostly talking about like the, the 
check and player stuff, obviously. But like, th there's some redeeming things also that are actually just plain good. Like, I, I do like Charlie. Um, Rufus has been fine. Um, <laughs> Vanessa being the way she's being used is actually good because it's yes. also adding to the absurdity of it. So, I, I mean, with with all that said, I, I want to land in a a good place being a B. Okay, so you are going to give this one a B. Out of pure uh, enjoyment. Kevin, all right, Kevin, would you like to go next and uh, grade the episode? Yeah, I'm glad you went first so I could have like a barometer. I think... Uh, <laughs> we make Kevin no. goes first. He says, I give it five stars. We're just like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you dumb shit. Great, no, giving it stars it instead of a letter grade? <laughs> Three forks. I think... <laughs> I think uh, I'd say C+. I think Brennan kind of hit on the head with the absurdity of the show. And this is kind of what it reminds me of, like these last couple seasons where it just gets insane with the sort of like the high drama where i think the interpersonal stuff is like where it's gets interesting like the vanessa uh charlie stuff is cool the blair and um serena stuff is interesting the dan triangle is interesting too but then when he gets like you know his dad murdering people and you know <laughs> finding private investigators and that kind of stuff it, it becomes way a little too absurd for me so yeah c plus all right, so I, I say I'll stay in the in the same ballpark here, and much like you guys, I trouble grading the episode because, like I said, it was definitely much more action packed than last week. And like, if last week the main complaint was that it was kind of like a little boring, mostly set up, like not much going on, this week definitely things were happening. Like that that was without oh, yeah. a doubt. But the problem is like. They still don't know exactly how to utilize Nate. Like, his plot lines are still so, like, disconnected. Like, they're connected to Chuck, at least now, but they're so disconnected from everyone else. Um, Charlie is definitely a plus. As as you said, Vanessa has been being utilized very fun. Uh, everything, you know, everything with Charlie and Dan, and that was fun. But then it's like, like, like we mentioned also, like, Serena, like, being against Blair doesn't make much sense. Like, it's just, the writers are at the point where just throwing things at the wall and hoping something sticks. And then it's just, like, the Chuck and Blair stuff is just so off-putting that it, it's tough to, it, it, you you can't take it seriously uh, because it is laughable that he's just, like, punching mirrors for no reason. Yeah. But then also, if you do take it seriously, like, you can't really, like, enjoy it or, like, watch it because it's like, oh, like, this is, like, guy that's been turned into like the hero of the show like this is uh, for you know at this point kind of the face of the show like he has turned into somewhat of the yeah. main character of the show and like this is who we're supposed to root for here and like he's doing that so it's like i i feel like all of the positives and the negatives kind of balance it out so i'm just gonna go with like a very average right in the middle c so kind of in the ballpark here okay. uh I, I will I, I will give this episode a c so a b a c and a c plus where uh you know Close yeah, to each other. That, that's fair. Not quite ballpark buds, maybe, but uh, you know, we're we're right around there. Uh, let's do the MVPs of the episode, Brendan. Who is your MVP of this episode? See, this is a tough one because I was hoping you would go first to make sure someone who is more yeah. deserving gets knocked off the board. But I want to keep my faith in that's you. Not how this works. To give someone I want to have an MVP, uh, but there's someone else that is more important to me because you're gonna, you're gonna be surprised. Oh, okay. I'm giving Vanessa my first ever MVP. Wow! <laughs> because oh my she goodness. was the first, the first well, episode I've ever enjoyed her, and more importantly, she told us she might be leaving the show soon. That's true. <laughs> first ever host MVP to Vanessa. Famously, Matt Ligori was the first ever guest to give Vanessa an MVP. I believe Mel has also given Vanessa an MVP. So this is, I think, her third ever, but wow. the fact that it was one of us is really, really impressive. Yeah, that but, is a... Uh, 
I mean, she, right. it she, did surprise she gets me. owned, but she, she, and that that's where I was going to go otherwise. But she really is entertaining me in this episode. Like she, she's funny. I don't, she I don't know if she means to be funny, but again, the, the most important thing being that I'm pretty sure she told us through the writers that she's leaving soon. So I think that's the most exciting news I've ever heard of the show. That is fair. That is fair. When you said it was going to surprise me, I started thinking like, who would surprise me? And I still didn't even think of Vanessa because <laughs> gotcha. it's just so <laughs> off the walls. Um, <laughs> Kevin, who is your MVP of this episode? Oh, that's an easy call. It's definitely Charlie. I think you think you're coming in thinking she's an idiot, and then she plays Vanessa and Dan into her into her little thing. I think Charlie all the way. Hell yeah! All right, I am I going to agree with one of you, and obviously, uh, no suspense here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was uh, I was actually leaning toward Dorota until the final reveal scene with Charlie. Uh, Charlie won this episode yeah. and completely like ended uh, Brendan's new girl, Vanessa. Uh, it's her <laughs> it's her third episode and already her second MVP for me, and now with Kevin third overall. Oh. So she is uh, doing very well in in just yeah. three episodes so far. Good for Charlie. I think like it was um, a good a good day to give Vanessa this, uh, knowing that Charlie would kind of rake it in. Charlie was the one you were thinking d- deserves it. Yes, but definitely. You gave it to Vanessa. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, that's fine. So Charlie misses out on a, on a queen sweep here, but still two, two out of three. Nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, LVP, Brendan, who is your LVP? Um, I think this one has got to go to Serena. I mean, all the fans have really? been complaining about her. Uh, and I agree <laughs> with all of them. I, she's just, she's a, what's the word? A, a slutty bitch or something like that. A, a selfish, <laughs> slutty, selfish, slutty bitch. I hope. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think they said it best. Uh, she, it, it is absurd that she's this jealous that she goes this far to uh, try and sabotage her her best friend's possible or potential mar- marriage, even. Um, <laughs> and she, and the, I think, the worst part is that she still thinks that she should be with Chuck after everything that's happened so far. So <laughs> it's just she's yeah. just she's even more delusional than Blair, in my opinion. All right, so Serena getting a nice LVP here. Kevin, who is your least valuable player of this episode? You know, I'm going back and forth, but I think I got to give it to Nate, man. Why can't you wow. just lie? Oh, Why nice. can't you just lie? That's <laughs> great. Wow. Okay. Help your boy Chuck out. Tell him out. Nate, yeah. Nate catching a stray LVP. All right. So I'll be the one that uh, gives it to Chuck then, because not only has he lost Blair seemingly for good, he's uh, still dealing with his dad probably being a murderer and his legacy being destroyed yet again. <laughs> and then he has an all-time terrible scene with Blair where he assaults her and punches a mirror. So uh, yeah. Chuck's, Chuck's going to get It's kind of funny that he like, got one LVP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Listen, he just entertained me got... so much. I think Serena annoyed me more than Chuck did. Amazingly, I just I expect this from Chuck now. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. I gave it to Chuck so that you guys could give it elsewhere. Um, that's all of our segments, except of course for everyone's favorite segment, Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And we are going to do. We're going to combine a couple because we we had some shorter. Uh, some shorter quote sections to work with here. So we're, we're going to combine a couple of back-to-back scenes uh, with Blair, Chuck, and Serena. Uh, Kevin, you've been uh, working on your Chuck impression. Do you want to be Chuck? Oh, yeah. 100%. Let's do this. All right. So then uh, I guess, Brendan, you'll be Serena and I'll be Blair? Sounds great. All right. So uh, do you guys have your scripts in front of you? Oh, yeah. I do. All right. I'll start it off then. Chuck, go home. Match, Blair. You proved that you can score, Prince. Okay. I admit you made me jealous. Let's go back to my place so you can collect your prize. Stop this. You're embarrassing me, and you're never eating my cake again. <laughs> what? It's not me who's disrespecting these fine people. It's you. Pretending you're going to marry this French phony? It's a joke. Chuck, no one's laughing. Don't do this. All right, now we're home, and uh, Serena, in all my years of public humiliation, which, let's face it, are many, that was the absolute worst. Well, maybe Louis will come around. 
perhaps, but his mother never will. And who can blame her? I should have known my past with Chuck would come back to haunt me. You're probably going to hate me for saying this, but as drunk and inappropriate as Chuck was, I still felt a little bad for him. I wish he could eat your cake still. <laughs> what? What the fuck is wrong with you, Serena? Why? I don't know. I guess I just always thought your prince was here. What's his empire in Manhattan? Okay, well, you're an idiot then. You're you're a selfish, slutty bitch, Serena. I agree. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> uh, another another great scene. Oscar's incoming for all of us. Um, that's it. That that's that's everything. That's everything we have, except of course for some plugs. But before we get to that, I mean, thank you for coming on this thank busy you, day. You. A busy day of moving for you. The, one of the first things you did in, in your new place. Uh, thank you for not not canceling on us like so many of your Lindy brothers and sisters have done. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug at this hour? No, you know, I'm just happy to be here. Proud to serve. It was a great episode and a great time hanging out with you boys. Always, always How a nice. pleasure to chat with you. Yes. Um, Brendan, what are you plugging? Well, the first thing I want to plug... Um is watermelon it's so delicious and so good it's watermelon season <laughs> <laughs> please get yourself a nice slice of watermelon it's what is this incredible i just love it so much is this paid con <laughs> is this an ad <laughs> the fruit is paying us big big watermelon <laughs> big watermelon yeah <laughs> um we'll talk about this off air uh yeah besides that um <laughs> you can listen to our my other show the hobby boys you, you don't have your, your little mitts on that one quite yet. It's not your show. Um, <laughs> the Happy Boys pod, you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Blitzball Boys, where we are covering all of Jumping Media's ball sports, whether it be Blitzball, Floorball, uh, Ball and Play, whatever else the hell they decide to do in there. We're talking to everybody over there. Also on all podcasting platforms. And our sister show, The OC Boys. Nope. That's how long we haven't hmm, done close. it, the OC boys. Now, <laughs> no, I was like, that, we'll not, very, <laughs> not very A few catchy. weeks. We'll be back in a few weeks. <laughs> the Sandy Boys over on Patreon.com slash the Happy Boys Pod. We'll be back soon. But if you haven't caught up yet, go catch up now by paying us three measly dollars to catch up on everything you need to do before we're back there. Wow. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff. It's for me. Uh, I don't think I have much of anything. I didn't get a haven't been on any other podcast recently i uh i guess i'll just take the uh, you plugging watermelon i will do an anti-plug for banana i i don't uh, like bananas okay. i do think they're ruined. so i got i had a a vegan french toast for for uh brunch today and i saw on the menu it came with a uh, nana and mango on top of it and i wanted to ask for no mango or no banana but then i saw that it said like uh no substitutions so i didn't ask don't didn't know if that, that shit. you should have said you're allergic to bananas <laughs> Okay, so I thought of that. I thought of saying that. And then the person who ordered before me, my friend, she said uh, she asked for no blueberries and said that she was allergic to blueberries. So then I thought, like, oh, she's going to think I'm just making this up now. We can't all be allergic to a fruit. Like, oh, yeah, I, we're allergic to fruits. That's how we met each other. Isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I couldn't. So I just, I just kind of, like, shoved them off when, when it got there. Yeah. And I, I would have liked the mangoes, but the mangoes were kind of on top of the banana. So they came off with the banana. And uh, I, I ate it, and I thought maybe the, the waitress would, like, judge me for wasting all those bananas. But then, you know, it, it's their fault. So you forced the milk. bananas down? No. No, okay. I just left it on my plate. I, I like bananas, I, I have I, I have some trouble with them, though. Sometimes I, I'll get them, and they're, like, they're green, and I open them up anyway, and they're, like, they're rotten in the middle. They, they're just, they're horrible. Yeah, so... Uh, don't eat bananas is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. 
I started watching. Brendan, are you? I was. Gonna, I started watching. Uh, I think you should leave. Do you? You're a fan of that show? Oh, of course. So good. That's it. Okay, Kevin's also a fan of that show. I had watched uh, a few episodes. Now I'm really been watching, especially because the the third season's out. I haven't watched any of the third season episodes yet. But boy, that is. Uh, that is a really funny show. Yeah, hilarious show. I, I hope it just keeps going and going. It's it's it sucks that we only get like six episodes at a time. And the episodes like, the are quality, so short. The quality is so yeah. good, though, so I'm willing to get whatever they give us. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, at least I still have. Uh, I think I, I have three more season two episodes, and but I think I've seen at least two of them, and then I've got all of season three to look forward to. So, oh, no, oh, uh, more updates great. on that that's, next that's, week. That's a lot of yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Um, well, have you seen it? I don't think you are, but uh, I've just caught up with uh, Always Sunny. Have you caught up with that at all or no? No, I've watched the first 13 seasons. So I am I, uh, the, three the, seasons the behind at this point, of, I think. What, I think season 17 or whatever season this is, episode 7, uh, the gang goes bowling. Give me one of my biggest laughs ever since season 6 Christmas episode. Like I, One <laughs> of the, the humongous oh, wow. belly laugh. Incredible, incredible stuff. I'm glad they're still going and making me laugh that hard this many well, years in. Can't wait to get up to that then. Uh, if I ever get back to my Always Sunny watch, I got to catch up on all my the other stuff before I get back to Always Sunny. I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. All right. Well, besides all that, you can follow me on Twitter, or sorry, the uh, site previously known as Twitter, at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan at Ruppy Puppy. You can follow his other podcast, not mine, his, The Hoppy Boys, <laughs> at The Hoppy Boys Pod. And you can come back next week. We'll be breaking down the penultimate episode of season four wow. Shattered Bass. Until then. Oh, you love us. XOXO, Lonely, Lonely Boys. Boys.